You're listening to Common Ride with me. Common Ride with me is a weekly Tokusatsu podcast with two different shows. One is the yearly podcast where you look at stuff as it comes out or to similar pace later on. And then there's a book club. We look at things in a book club format over the course of several months. You're about to listen to episode 194, the book club on Common Rider Fies part eight, where we look at episodes 36 through 40. And Shin. Hey guys, it's Common Ride with me, and it's me, Obelisk the Horror Mentor, here with Slifer the Sky Dragon, Steph, um, ha! and the Sling Wagon of, no, what, what is it? Slifer the, the Guy Wagon? Slifer yeah. the Sky Dragon and the Wing Dragon of Raw. What are the people paying for here? Come on, man. The Wing Dragon of Ska. Okay. <laughs> how's ska in your life right now like what's your relationship uh you're like lord savior ska um i like crazy taxi uh okay mighty mighty boss tones are all right there's a lot of like really good modern ska that's like i'm gonna have to take your word for that weirdly enough i think ska's kind of popular in japan really that makes sense to me honestly (laughs) <laughs> like like underground i mean i mean it's not like getting like top 40 player or anything wait but... so the cool kids listen to ska in japan I, maybe <laughs> i don't know what you define as cool like you could go in a like club and be like oh there's people like listening to ska right now and it's like a fun scene uh, do not not in a club <laughs> but like you could find it if instead of the waterfall at the clover bar there was just like a screen of like incense smoke that would be the ska bar. <laughs> I'm sure there is a, a ska place. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you could start it because, like, there's enough people that would just, like, look at something that, like, the white guy said was probably like, oh, this is really popular in America. <laughs> and, like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, just. And right. then they find out he's Canadian and they're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you could make a following, David, you know, like. He, you could have your own cult. Become an influencer in Japan, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining, like, all the things people would say about your influence. Like, they would just be like, man, that green goes crazy all the time about you, David. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 100% perfectly honest. If anyone on my other podcast takes anything I say with any sort of, like, seriousness, you've already fucked up. <laughs> I guess you are kind of, like being more serious and like culturally like relevant there huh but no uh <laughs> yeah a little bit what's not relevant about common rider i ask you and that is from the mouth of gringo the, the sky dragon david himself <laughs> uh, i don't know why like, i like the idea of japanese people call you gringo um that's just really funny uh, but that is probably not a term they know it's the other g word oh yes guaylo that's what it is <laughs> Weird, weird how all like the uh 
the racial epithets in specific languages for white people start with G. Yeah, like Gracker. <laughs> yeah, Gracker. Which is my favorite, personally. <laughs> Gracker sounds like some off-brand, like, Graham Cracker. <laughs> or Gracker sounds like that one, like, kid on Sesame Street who nobody plays with. <laughs> no, Gra- Gra- Gracker sounds like Gracker sounds like a, a fucking... Uh, like a word to describe a, like a future job where you like mine oil in space. <laughs> uh, the G fracker, yes, the cracker. Yeah, Ted hasn't been around for about six weeks because he's out working on the cracker. Exactly. Cracker <laughs> sounds like Uncle Cracker's father. Grandpa <laughs> <Crap on> Cracker. <laughs> oh man. Uh, just play some Uncle Cracker for people in Japan and look at behind you. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what was the show about again? How's Ska going in your life, Steph? Uh, it's. I can say that this is the first time in probably years Ska has played any significant portion in my life. <laughs> I wish Sawada listened to Ska. Oh, shit. He, he needs it, yeah. The impression His whole that vibe I would get. be totally different. Yeah, can you imagine he walks up trying to look tough and he's just got like some horns playing in his ears. <laughs> just like burr, 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 just like killing people. <laughs> so here I am, killing everyone I can. Oh, they're all the time. <laughs> you know what? I might need to make that edit like uh, that bus for just it's like oh yeah sell out do 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 honestly surprised no one has yet oh man <laughs> ska it's true oh so this episode brought to you by ska yeah ska try it <laughs> all the cool kids are doing it weirdly enough the next thing that the next thing that I was gonna bring up was a. Uh, Spa Rangers. <laughs> mm. Okay, okay, I see it. Um, have you heard of this at all, David? Of the Spa Rangers? No, but I have heard of the Water Slide Rangers. What? Yeah, I saw that as an advertisement last night on the train. Oh, was it like anybody that you recognized? No, it was an advertisement for a water park that features Super Sentai characters. Okay. Literally themed after water slides. Nice. So then I take it you haven't been to that many spas or onsens because right now. No. Um, <laughs> there is handsome Muscle Spring Sentai Spa Ranger. How do you know he's handsome if he wears a helmet? You have to take his word for it. Okay. Let's see if we think they're handsome, guys. Okay. Spa Red is uh, played by Hakira from Changeron. Mm, okay. Are you serious? Spa Blue is played by Takumi. Um, okay, I'm on board already. Spa Green is the younger trap subway worker from Fize. Spa Yellow is a Blue Ranger from uh, Bokanger, which is like a 2006 series. And then Spa Purple um, is Kusika. Really? Yeah, I'm going to just um, drop. This is the only picture because you can only see the spa rangers at local spas and onsets in Japan. Oh, it was made by Toei. Oh, fuck. You're not even joking. <laughs> I thought this was like a fucking joke. No, oh my goodness. there's like no footage of it because like you'd only see it in like a spa. I, I can't 
believe that. What the fuck? Wow. So when I saw this, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what? Yeah. And just like they, when you go in a spa, you'll see their like 720p or their like 1080i, like 32 inch like TV, like playing this off a laser disc or something. I don't know, but that's incredible. I like don't know how to find more. Like I want to find like actual footage, but this is just like someone's camera phone. I think. Let me let me do a quick Google. I'll do a quick Google. Um, it's hard because I think the most recent Power Rangers special had like. SPA instead of SPD is like a faction. So I tried to look and I couldn't find anything. Oh, I'm going to search in Japanese. Don't worry. I'll get back to you. I'll search. <laughs> I, I would go to that spa. Yeah. I'm going to propose a heist actually that we go to one of these spas and steal their DVDs. I'm down. It's, I'd say we're due for a field trip. I would love to be in a road movie and like getting some goose and hijinks and be like, oh, whoa, I can't believe we almost got shot at that gas station, everybody. But no, um, I feel like you'd be good at a movie that, it, you know, was all about hijinks. What kind of hijinks did you think growing up, Steph, you would be in that you haven't been in yet as an adult? I assumed that it, thanks to the D.A.R.E. program that I'd get offered far more drugs than I actually do on a daily basis. So I, I always assumed those would be the kind of. Which is kind of disappointing, right? Exactly. I always assumed those would be the kind of hijinks I got involved with. Um, unfortunately, real life is a lot more boring than that. I was watching uh, the. F- uh, wait, never mind. Um, that is a struck work, so never mind. I'm not going to mention that. But I was watching a movie <laughs> that um has a sword fight in it, and I was like, I thought I'd be walking across like support beams on like the roof of a building in a sword fight at least like four times by now. Thought you'd have to develop your fencing skills way earlier. Yeah. No. Oh. Uh- I think I probably assumed I'd have to use karate a lot more often than I actually do. Also. What would be your go-to move if you had to, like, karate somebody right now? If it was like, oh, there's, like, a guard with his back turned to you? Uh, man, that's a tough one. I know what I, I would do, as I have actually trained karate. <laughs> I'd probably just, like, goose them to distract them, and then maybe try to get, like, an elbow to the nose or something. Okay. What would you do, David? Uh, just, like, fucking sidekick right to the fucking throat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Right to the right to the neck. That sounds effective. If he's if he doesn't see it coming, that dude's done. <laughs> Sidekick to the neck is really bold. That is. If he doesn't see it coming, I got time. I can just sit there and just like <sighs> whack. <laughs> Slowly, like just warm your groin up for that. Yep, exactly. I can just do a stretch. I can just be ready. <laughs> uh, Hey, hang on. You've you've left out a, a member of the Spa Rangers. Is there a sixth member? There's a sixth member. Uh, the sixth member is Shocker. Wait, what? Who apparently, yeah. Yeah, he's right here. Look at him. I only saw five members. Oh, what? Shocker's in Spa Ranger? <laughs> okay. Look at him. Incredible. Uh, it says, like, his evil um, fucking plan is to jump into the lady spa. Oh, I, I mean, that makes sense. Like, look at that guy. That guy's a pervert. Yeah, that's true. I like how this is like on the line to get to the spa or like pre-roll, like before like a movie. It's like, here's how we show you how to like be in a spa. Um, <laughs> it's by Toei. So I guess they were just like, yeah, let's have like a shocker dude in here. Have a- Why not? Why not? In Japan, there's like a lot of like regional characters where it's like, oh, it's the yokohama wildlife funds 
dude, you know, that kind of stuff. But no, this is like cool. Uh, you, you found some. I would love to see all of it. Uh, I'd love to see better quality pictures. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue to search. We'll find. We'll find stuff. Oh, uh, but no. Uh, so um, today we're here to talk about um, Commander Fi's 36 through 40, but that is uh, getting towards the end of the series. So I did want to first thing. Um, well, second thing, Ska and Spa. So third thing first um, mm-hmm. to talk about um, what is next for the Comrade P Book Club. So it's kind of in the air right now, but I, d- I did want to uh, just uh, bring forward some options for like everyone here and listening to hear from just to kind of get their feedback. Um, like it's not like choosing now, just kind of like to percolate on and maybe next time we'll like talk. Hey, what's what stuck out from last time? Or was there anything like you found since then? Uh, so yeah, first things first. Um, there's a lot of other common writer from this era. Um, you each have a show that you like from this era. Like, um, Steph has come right to Kabuto. David, no, Steph has come right to Kuga and David has come right to Kabuto. Um, there's the show come right Ryuki that's just available streaming, uh, for like a lot of people in the West that, is the one with change on characters in it or like change on actors, not characters. Then we could like follow up. Um, I've been saying that I would want to like, there's like a weird point where like the multiverse and like crossover movies kind of become about Den O and Fize. So like, Oh, my thought is we could do like a, just look through, Hey, here's like the relevant crossover movies to like, that whole plot line. That that's sounds like a really interesting idea to me. Oh shit, did you find it, David? <laughs> it looks like <laughs> It has the motherfucking Fies theme song. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Uh, uh, this is 73 everybody seconds pause, long. Everybody pause pause your recording for a second. <laughs> Let's uh react to this everybody. Okay. <laughs> Oh, they're eating corn, not the long way. (laughs) Oh my god. What the fuck? Oh, this is so weird. This is like the beach episode of like any fucking anime now. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh man! <laughs> oh my! The the the, the fucking Fi's opening music really makes it for me. Oh my god! I don't even know how that. That's what happens when you have like a company that's like related to like the regional local culture. Is like, hey, let's just just like have you do a spa thing, guys. Let's call up some boys. <laughs> What? I, <laughs> if I could find the original airing of that, that would be amazing. Do you think that the person that uploaded that out of the music? Because like there were people reacting, right? No, a hundred percent. I mean, in this specific video, yes, they added the music, but I guarantee the Fi's theme song is like in the show. Man, I, I am so glad you found that, David. That looks great. Um. How do you even just like uh, have a relaxing day? 
through the mad through the magic of being yeah. able to read. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh that and the changer on 2003 like episode 40 podcast audio drama is like the mm-hmm. like two holy grails for me now. Oh, oh, wow. The fucking the fucking transformation sequence fucking killed me. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like the like shots like they would do like to like the suitor instead like their like chests and their arms and stuff, which is like okay, yep. And it's got like that pink like fucking vignette mm. around it. Oh man. Yeah. Um crap. What was I talking about? What were we on? Oh. Oh, we were talking about our options for our next show. So yeah. Um Spockizer, please. Let's do it. Yeah, Spock guys, we'll take 10 episodes just to cover each frame. <laughs> uh, but no, um, so <laughs> that is um, the first couple are, there are three Kamen Rider shows that like, one has changed on like alumni that like we talked about, like maybe like ZFIs. Um One is each like a like show that like you've each like expressed having like a relationship with and like wanting to maybe like talk about. Uh, so like the there's that there's like following common rider and like the way that like deno starts off their like multiverse stuff and also how it becomes like there's a point where there's just a ton of deno and like fi's lore happening in the crossovers and time travel stuff um so just like the relevant like looking at like hey what's this 2013 movie have to do with these shows um like 10 years later um right and that'll probably like take us through like like a bunch of movies and like a couple like two episode chunks of like certain TV shows too. Uh, then another option um, is we haven't really covered a ton of franchises. There's like Ultraman, there's Super Sentai, there's Power Rangers, and there's Godzilla, there's Gamera that like all kind of stand out as we could probably like just pick a random series. Um, the 2003 Sentai is also getting a 20 years later special that people are like very excited about. And then, um, there's also, um, we've been recommended a couple shows, but, um, one that has been, is not in plans elsewhere and is not kind of already on this list, I think, or like one that could work. That's not on this list is, um, Flashman has come up a lot. It's like an eighties Sentai show. It was apparently very big in South America. Oh, Flash Man! A handful of people uh message us about that uh too. Um, I mean, I'd be interested in that too, just because it's kind of different from everything <clears throat> else we've been looking at. Yeah. Um, last time we were talking about this stuff, we talked about um, Akiba Ranger, which is like a parody show. Um, another show that came up uh was Car Ranger, which is like a in the mid '90s, they thought Sentai was ending, so they d- decided to troll everyone and make the what they thought was the last <laughs> series be about traffic safety. Um, oh, nice! It's like a like comedy series. Huh. That's like roughly like like there's a couple shows. There's following what becomes of like the like crossover stuff with like Kamen Rider and how it feeds back into the like, shows that we've watched. Um, there is. Also, um, we could definitely with, I'm not sure like it's, uh, 
one special, one movie, one miniseries, and then another series of Garo. So, like, it would be three episodes and then looking at, like, the second season of, like, Garo kind of thing, too. So that's kind of my long list for people to write in or just, like, on the show think about. But a couple Common Rider shows from this time, seeing how the shows we talked about recontextualized later, another franchise, um, or, like, Garo or something. Mm. That was a lot of talking for me, though, so... <laughs> um, hmm. I have been thinking about Garo a lot recently. Maybe that's just because I'm like, Garo was cool. <laughs> but but, but uh, I'm, I think I'm down, pretty down for Garo. Like, I, I, I think like that would be a good thing to revisit but i'm also i'm also like more interested in like um not more interested but i'm also interested in like the more obscure things like a weird traffic safety mm-hmm. thing like i don't know if that's enjoyable to watch but it could be maybe like you know changer on was something that was like this shouldn't be good but is fucking amazing mm-hmm. no yeah um where are you leading stuff on stuff? There's, I mean, so many of those sound like really cool options. Um, and I'm with David. Like, I would really like to revisit Garo also. That's, you know, Garo's got a special place in my heart. But also, I love the idea of having something kind of silly, you know, like one of mm-hmm. the uh, funnier ones we talked about. But, <clears throat> excuse me, also the uh, the one from South America, like all of those sound like really neat options to me. I don't really think I'm going to complain no matter what we end up going with. So I'm kind of leaning towards like, I think it would be interesting to see the reactions to like what happens in future media. Like a lot of the shows that we ref- like have watched get interesting kind of postscripts. Mm-hmm. Like um, mm-hmm. in 2015, there was like... <laughs> a major kind of plot arc where like in 2013 through 2014, there was like a major plot arc that like took over Kamen Rider that had to do with the cast of Fies and like Deno in a really interesting way. Um, well, that'd be cool. But also, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing those as like kind of like a post-mortem, like, okay, the series is over now because there's been so much time removed from it like what have they done with it since then it'd be kind of cool to use those as like maybe fillers or if we want to do bonuses or something too there's a lot if we are like doing dead o and fives we're just doing fives we could probably do it in like a couple episodes honestly Mm -hmm. but dead o is like in this weird place where there's so much of it uh (laughs) yeah Deno's a lot, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> like, there's like seven years after the series ends where they're like doing one or two new movies a year. Not that much, but like still, there's like probably like seven <laughs> movies just with like. That's that's a lot of movies for a, a spin off of a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, how many did Fize get? Fize got like one, two? Fize got its movie. Then, um, it's like in like a couple of like the anniversary special like series, they like revisit stuff, but like in weird ways, like mm. the t- 2009 show, um, is just like an alternate reality where what if S- smart brain was a high school 
and Lucky Clover was like the popular kids. Oh, for God's sakes. That's that's kind of dumb in a way that I love. I know it, it sounds terrible, but I also know I would enjoy the hell out of it if I watched it. And like the um, 2018 tribute in like that anniversary series is um, what if it, it's like a half come writer fives, half come writer fours, which is like a high school astronaut show like tribute. <laughs> It's very weird. Yes, I remember f- four, f- fours, fours a. Like looking at like the tribute stuff, or it's like we could probably do like oh three or four episodes. What happens after Cub Rider fives and see some interesting stuff? Um, but then also like Denos probably like makes that much longer, so we could just like chop that off and be like, hey, here's the tribute episodes for fives, and here's like the two movies that are relevant, you know. But it's like more like in twenty whatever, they bring some cast back in like a movie that's about common rider in like an alternate timeline. It's like, oh, what if Shocker got a time machine? And what if this character is here, you know? Mm. That's kind of fun yeah. though. It might get a little dark though. Darker than you're expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I I we just watched Shin Kamen Rider. I don't know how much like darker than that it could get because that pretty much off the hop was a uh, ultra violent in a way I wasn't expecting. Off the hop, good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, um, so just gonna let that percolate and like I think like uh, um maybe doing something like oh we look at one of the comedy shows but also like before that look at one or two of the movies that like matter like um two fives before it, its movie comes out next year might be fun or like going like back to garo might be fun and like having like a little bit there oh yeah i, I don't mind mixing up all those like kind of doing a little bit of a stew and make it different too also something i maybe wanted to do was like not show and tell uh but like <laughs> not show and tell Whoa. what kind of show is this turning into but like hey what do you want to cover this week Steph and like looking at like three episodes or something oh cool or like passing that around for like a like couple of months you know mm. that was a lot to say there's a lot of options maybe next time we'll like kind of just like say hey what did people want or what did we want and have like a, a like smaller list and actually like maybe uh, make some choices well, I was going to say, that could be another thing, too. Like, since we're kind of talking about it live, maybe uh, tell people, if you've got suggestions or votes, go ahead and write in and let us know kind of what you're leaning toward. Yeah. It might make it easier for us to make a decision, because I think all of us are kind of on board with everything right now, so. I will say one thing, though. Um, we appreciate when people send in questions. We kind of like to ask questions that have a little more discussion to them so don't feel bad and also uh don't email us if you're upset that we didn't ask your question that was like basically can you cover this uh (laughs) it's happened a few times with a show that we actually have plans for so don't worry there's a show people want us to cover that is getting covered soon in like another way uh and hit but (laughs) anyway let's talk about not Spa Ranger, not Ska Ranger, not the Mighty Mush and Emo Rangers either, David. You're always thinking about that. I don't know. There's there's some pretty emo shit in this episode. Yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself. Felt like I was watching a soap opera a lot of this uh, expansive episodes there. I warned you. 
that you did. But no, um, Commodifies, episode 36, Restored Memories. Remember, last time on Commodifies, Mari is alive, and they go fishing and have a nice picnic until they're attacked, and she's traumatized deeply by seeing Takumi's wolf form. <laughs> and, like, it's always kind of fun to, like, get back to the show, like, huh, there's a lot, a lot happened last time, huh? Um, but 36 starts with her running away, be like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Having flashbacks, is like, oh no, Takumi murdered me and all my friends. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Um, this is such a good, like, classic horror movie scene, too, though. And that's exactly what I wrote in my notes because you've got her, like, running through this dark forest, and there's just this one bright light shining down on her while she's having these flashbacks and. She's breathing heavy, and Takumi's behind her, and being all dramatic in his very like big soap operatic way, and it just has all these very eighties horror movie vibes that I enjoyed. I love how the first thing that Kuzuka does is come and be like, "Oh, like just start gaslighting and be like, oh no, like he was always against us.'" It's second nature for him. Like honestly, he never has anything good to say about anyone. Nah, he's yeah, he's a fucking dick. Yeah, he's the <laughs> like, worst. He just hates everybody. <laughs> and like, what do I of of my favorite things? This chunk is I feel like everybody's starting to realize that actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally. And the way he says to like talk to me, I try to tell you things won't go back to how they were before. <laughs> and then um, who wants to take the next scene with Kaido and Kiba? Um, hang on. Let me go. Let me find my notes here. They're both on the so Kaido and Kiba are at the apartment and they're both on the phone. As you can ask, like, who are you calling? And Kaido says, I'm calling no one. Kiba says, I'm trying to call Takumi. He's just like us. He's an orphan doc. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, right. Yes. And this is where this is where um, um, Kaido's like on the call to the, the orphanage again, asking about the kid, right? <laughs> and trying to act like he doesn't care the whole time. My autocorrect when I was like on my phone for like a part of this hated orphanage and orphanox so much. Oh, I'll bet. And the way that Kaido's like, hey, it's me. And then the person like, who? And I was like, oh, the hero. I was like, oh, I'll get the supervisor. Like, no, 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 I don't care. <laughs> well, and at first, he, they don't, when he says the hero, they're, they must have said like what or something equivalent again because he's like, you know, the one that saved him from the fire. It's like he has to keep going on about it while he's pretending he doesn't care about any of this. Yeah. I like this turn for him where it's like he has like less shenanigans, but he's more pathos here, I guess. More uh, sadness. Yeah, he's trying his hardest to like be the cool guy who doesn't care, but he keeps like he this is something that he carries across all these episodes. He keeps stumbling into situations where he's a good guy, whether he likes it or not. And I think, too, like, oh, we don't know what his parents' situation is like, but uh, the fact that he's living in a random apartment with some people after, like, going to a job after waking up from, like, nearly dying, like, in the first episode we see him, means he probably doesn't have a great family situation. Like, maybe he suffered a loss. He's kind of just, like, he feels for uh, this kid. Yeah, and I mean, you get that impression doubly by the fact that he still treats both of them like he can't stand them also. Like, everybody in his life except for Mari is subject to that 
treatment like he could give a fuck what happens to them. What is his name again? It's Terio? T-E-R? Teruo. Oh, okay, Teruo. Okay. Close enough for podcasting. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But um, the next scene, though, is Mari beating the crap out of Katero for not telling her. Just punching him. <laughs> Calling him an idiot over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And the way she's like, I just wanted to forget. And he's like crying on the ground. I know. It's such a sad scene because they, they're, but like you can tell, like, both of them have had their hearts ripped out. And of course, uh, Sokka's just standing in the corner doing his fucking creepy guy thing that he does in every situation. He's either talking shit about Takumi or he's standing creepily in a corner. Like, those are the only two things he ever does. And the way he says it's a betrayal, and then Nakatero's like, is it? Yeah. In my notes, <laughs> yeah. I put he's the first person to show any kind of like long term thought to this situation at all. And like, you can see just how much worse Kuska is getting at like holding in his anger this whole chunk. Because like, the first thing he does is be like, call Katero like a brown noser for Takumi. Oh, yeah. He's like losing his shit constantly. And I was hoping Catero was going to punch the shit out of him. He just grabs him. Yeah. And then ends up crying again. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of crying here. Uh, episodes. Yep. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like, it's very obvious at this point that like, um, Kasuka just like, just wants to fuck with, with Takumi. Like he doesn't like Takumi. Right. But like, in in the in the grand scheme of things, like it makes sense with the like has Takumi really done anything to like deserve being like, yeah, we should go out and kill him because like he hasn't killed anyone who wasn't an orphanog. Mm-hmm. He hasn't killed any humans, so it's like, you know, and you know that Kiba and and the other people are orphanogs too, and they're just like perfectly fine. So like it's really weird to just be hung up on that specifically. Yeah. It's only later they that like they find out what they think is that he murdered the whole like school. At this point, nobody really has voiced that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing that like I really like here is that like it doesn't necessarily feel like an ass pull that like Takumi was an orphan the full time, just because he treats it like a deeply repressed thing or like memory that happened to him when he talks about it, you know. Yeah. Right. And it, he like if you paid attention throughout the series there's never a time where like there's an honest discussion about his past or like where he comes from or how him and mari ended up together like it's always just treated as this thing that happened and nobody has investigated the fact that he never fucking talks about himself so it kind of fit like all of this fits together there's no part of it that doesn't make sense with his revelation his dad didn't leave him a robot bike so it didn't come up Right, yeah. Right. He's always just kind of been on his own. Yeah, no. Um, the next scene we get is, like, the Prez, who just, throughout this whole chunk, is just getting grilled by, like, like over being like, why do you want this guy to join? And it's just like, oh, like, what he basically comes back to is he thinks that if Takumi has no options, he will be forced to give up his humanity, and he'll join. Right. Um, but then we go back to Keitaro, and we get with Katero, Mari, and Takumi, all of these scenes of them imagining seeing each other, like, oh, like Takumi's home, or like, oh, like Takumi's like, oh, now we're all, all playing shuttle ball. 
<laughs> like they're they're having fucking like elusive Vietnam flashbacks, and it's so strange because they're it's such pedestrian things. Like it's not like this over romanticized vignette type thing. It's quite literally just like, man, I wish my friend was here to talk to me through this. Like it, it's really cool how they do it because it's not as as dramatic as it all is. It kind of feels natural. Yeah, and like I think they choose pretty good B roll because it does kind of like fit deeply in like the soap opera romantic but it's also like you know it's kind of funny kind of serious yeah yeah it's it's done really well like it doesn't feel too cheesy it doesn't feel like too over dramatic it just kind of feels like right for the moment if you replace the sad guitar with ska it seems like the happy end of the movie actually (laughs) i think about it everybody's pretty stoked about it i wish takumi would come back (laughs) (laughs) but it's him playing the uh the instrument yeah the saxophone the trumpet whatever love streetlight manifesto takumi (laughs) i don't think they're doing a terrible job showing how catatonic mari is like it doesn't feel like she's useless or she's like a weak woman or whatever way you could write this it feels Mm -hmm. like she's just like traumatized pretty neutrally if that makes sense like here yeah that's that's one thing that the actress playing mari does very well is putting on such a like neutral with a slant expression to so many of her emotions like you can see her angry but it's not overly done it's not like this really big thing it's just she has such great subtle shifts in her facial expressions and she does this one really well too it's not like this really oh she's like crying everywhere thing it's like you can just tell she's fucking depressed and it's so great and I think like credit to not having there be romantic feelings because that would like make this like weirdly gendered in a weird way too. I think where it does just seem, you know, yeah, um, yeah. She's traumatized. Yeah. She's not like, oh no, when will this guy come back? In that way, no, no, not at all. It's very much just like this is someone that I'm used to talking to day in and day out, and I wish he was around to still be talking to him, even if he is the problem right now. <laughs> And, like, the way she's, like, catatonic as a cat's licking her shoe, and it's like, haha, cat tongue, like Takumi. Um, <laughs> I didn't catch oh, that. my God, I didn't make that connection. <laughs> but now I get it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And now I am destroyed. Thank yeah. you. Um, and, like, then, like, Kusika shows up and, like, breaks her delusions of, like, seeing Takumi, like, at this, like, swing set. It's such a dick god i hate this guy right now oh he just shows up to start talking shit about takumi no matter where anybody is like i can picture like somebody just being in a bathroom in a mall and all of a sudden he like pops up next to the thing to be like so hey that takumi guy is really acting sus huh just walks up next to you at the urinal drops his whole pants ass out just like yep takumi (laughs) right What a goober. What can you say about that guy, right? She asks Kusika about the reunion, and he just, like, leaps up and is like, shut up. And then, like, he tries to, like, smile and be all soft boy, but she does a great just stare through him. Yeah. He just, like, more and more just comes off as a straight-up fucking psychopath. Fucking unhinged. And, like, how how people were not like, huh, you seem kind of insane, like, is, just does not make sense to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he's very much a fucking nut job. Oh, yeah. I think it's the kind of thing where, like, if you just pull out a thread, 
it just all comes undone. And that's been happening mm-hmm. like more and more. So people see, huh? He's not what he seems, huh? Right. And it's funny because uh, Takumi is the one that kind of always suspected that, but because by personality, he's not going to be the one to like pick at him. It's kind of been like as many times as I wanted to be like, just fucking tell everybody what he said to you in private. It's almost more satisfying to kind of watch him slowly self-destruct over the set of episodes. Yeah. And I think like the same way that for a while, Kuzuko was just projecting like things that he did and saying that Takami was doing them. I think people are seeing, <laughs> oh, he's just doing all the stuff he says people do. And like if Takami maybe identified that, maybe people would have had a harder time seeing it. Right. But uh, the next scene, uh, Takumi and Katero are in a rowboat waiting for their changer on beer. <laughs> and Katero's like, you should come home. <laughs> and Katero, like, he hasn't, like, his actor hasn't acted past the show, really. Um, and, like, he's not, like, the standout of the cast, but I think, like, he does, like, a pretty good job here, just, like, the way he's shaking as he hands him his lunch. Like, he just plays his, like, very so-opera, like, very sad role very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a shame. I like the guy who plays Katero. It's just, like, his character's kind of bunk. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, like, play heroes and are like, I'm the handsome, like, dude on the cover. Don't have, like, roles after these right. shows, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing much of anything, really. Um, He's just in this show and, like, one other show, basically. Oh, but no, um... But he gives the case to Takabi, who then gets called by Kiba, and they go back to the batting cages. <laughs> to have their meat cute at the batting cages. <laughs> um, yeah, so they go to the batting cages, and you, I guess you finally kind of reveal some stuff about Takumi's past, where he's like, oh yeah, I just conveniently remember I died as a kid, and that's why I'm an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, you, like, didn't want to mention that before? Yeah. Like, did something trigger this memory, or did you always know? And if you always knew, then you're kind of a dick for lying this whole time? Seriously. I mean, we see him get hit in a way where he apparently loses his memory of, like, the reunion. So maybe he just, like, thought that was the thing that happened when he was a kid, and he was, like, denying it his whole life? Question mark? Mm. But, yeah, he's like, I died as a kid. <laughs> And then I became an orphan dog. I didn't realize that, or like I like didn't tell you now. I don't know. So, yeah. So, um, he, him, and him and Kiba talk a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, you know, if you stay, you, you keep your humanity, you'll be fine." And he's like, "I don't trust." Uh, talk to me. He's like, "I don't trust myself to do that." So, here's the Fies belt. Um, if you need to murder me with it, do it. <laughs> yes, please. He's like, "If I go, if I go rogue, kill me." Yeah. <laughs> And that's just where talking at this chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a very emo boy. This chunk, and I do love the way that Kiba's like, once your faith is restored in yourself, like I'll, I'll give it back to you. But until that day, like I'll hold on to it. Um, and like just, I do think that like um, this is trying to be like new type stuff in Gundam. This is trying to be like X Men stuff, like with like mutants. It's trying to be like, hey the orphanooks are like a new type of people that are like trying to break through all of the like 10 pounds of just like weird red tape of like humanity and like live differently, but they can't. And like, I like do like just spending this time with the character that we know so well being like, Hey, 
I don't want to live. I don't know how to be something else. You know, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good, and it, I, it I, feels I, really realistic the way it's kind of approached. Mm. What were you saying, David? I just, just that, like he, he's. It's it shows a little bit about Takumi's character too. I think because he he thinks that he's like he's like I'll be okay you know like I'll I'll still be human but he's like I don't trust what's happening to me mm-hmm. so in order to protect my friends like he's still that like hero type character maybe inadvertently but he's like you know just in case I do something that might hurt my friends I have this backup plan where you know I'll get rid of myself yeah like I really buy him as a character who's been transient a person who, who does not have like good relations with people who doesn't really have a place mm-hmm. in the world and, like that's why like he's like my favorite like i'm writer i'm like oh this is what you go through when you're like 18 and suddenly you like there's a lot of stuff going on in your life and you're making all these like relationships i'm like oh this is an 18 year old who doesn't know who he wants to be and has to like suddenly decide rapidly you know right which is funny because it kind of plays into the whole thing that smart brain was counting on earlier was him being isolated mm-hmm. and being forced into a choice. But, you know, looking at his past, he's already kind of dealt with that before. That's nothing new for him to kind of find himself with no one and nothing to ground him. So it like the more you learn about Takumi's past, the more you kind of realize why he's able to hold on to his humanity in a way that a lot of the orphanites kind of struggle with. Hmm. Yeah. Um and uh the next scene, um, he was called by Kusika to this intersection where it's he just like told by Kusika, hey, like I don't trust you, like I'll kill you. But then like Mari's there and like she's like separated by like traffic and like it and like they're like talking over cars going by. And uh, I think we see like the green car from Changer on as well here. Uh, like passing by in a little cameo. <laughs> Wait, really? I'm pretty sure I no. might be wrong, but like a car that's like the same shade passes by at least. That would be like a very weird. I'm gonna watch it back now because I have the episode playing just as we talk about it. So if there's things I miss, I can see them. But <laughs> uh, there's a green car that goes by, but it's not that like lime green that that. Oh, okay. Okay, my bad. I was just like, change your own car. Yeah. <laughs> that would be some fucking wild deep cut shit. That'd be awesome. If just a fucking, like a, what is it, a Citroen mm-hmm. zips by. Oh, well, next year when I make my debut at the Cannes Film Festival and you see a just change your own car in the background, that's, a, that's where you'll know. <laughs> Hell Yeah. That's exactly when me and David are going to look at the TV and be like, he didn't fucking invite us? What is this? And then I'll say, and please come see Crystal Station. I mortgaged my house to make this movie. (laughs) 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 But no, um, I do like how Mari is like, come home. And he's like, okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he's like, sure, why not? Whatever Mari says with these guys, I swear. And before we get home, a jogger just takes a dude out on the street. Yeah. That jogger had a kind of like Rocky vibe. Yeah, he was punching. 
It looked like he was doing some street work. Yeah. Had a little uh, cute poncho on. I, I guess he wouldn't like it if I called it cute because he seemed very uh, tough. But it was a cute poncho. And yeah. He's just doing road work, you know. Doing road work, yeah. And Steph, uh, what happens when Takumi goes back to the cleaners, though? <laughs> Man, they've got the most awkward situation ever, don't they? It's just like a bunch of people who just broke up, but they're trying to be civil for the sake of the kids. But the kids being Katero. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you are you are fucking spot on. <laughs> He's just like, isn't it great that we're all back together and everybody's just kind of like, uh. <laughs> and I got some new Dreamcast games, guys. We're going to have so much fun after we're done working. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're all just kind of sitting there like, uh, how much longer do I have to entertain this kid before I can go get a cocktail? Like, I cannot deal with this right now. <laughs> And it's just crushing when, like, Takumi goes over to Mari and she, like, flinches. Yes. And she can, like, she can tell she's fucked up because she immediately feels guilty and starts, like, crying. And mm -hmm. it's it's all dramatic. I mean, she literally has, like, a fucking, like, triggered flashback. Yeah. 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 I mean, they don't they don't try to play it off like Mari being, like, a weak heroine or anything. It's quite literally, like... And this is something they do well with this is like with all the characters and their trauma and how realistic it is. But she quite literally does kind of flash back to what she thinks happened the evening of the reunion. And she can't help it like she reacts to it. And of course, Takumi is already sensitive. So he kind of just backs off and goes off into a corner and it's a lot of drama. And the way he leaves is such a yeah, that is how you that is how somebody like this would think like, oh, like. I should just go. Yeah. I don't belong. <laughs> this is this is entirely my fault. Like I can I can help my friends avoid this by just not being here. Yeah, he's he's quite literally doing like the soap opera superhero thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so he leaves, and then that is when um he's driving as Mari sobbing, and then smart lady's there for, for talking to me to be like, I like handsome boys like you. You know, he he gets um. Uh, he gets exploited by older women a lot in these next few episodes. Like he he's like a fresh piece of meat and they're like hungry cougars. It's it's incredible the amount of harassment this poor Takumi gets these next few episodes. I thought you called him Twinkumi for a second. I was like, that's a pretty good name, Steph. Uh <laughs> Twinkumi. I I kind of feel like he'd be the top though. So I don't, I don't know. I Kiba would definitely be the the twink, so it'd be Twinkiba. Well, I mean I we'll workshop it. It's fine. A twink has nothing to do with top or bottom. A twink is just a state of low body fat, low muscle. <laughs> state of mind. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, state of mind. I'm glad. I'm glad all three of us non-twinks are here to explain that to everyone in podcast land. Let us know who would be on top. <laughs> uh. Anyway, what? And we know one of them is a horse, so it's kind of easy. <laughs> but anyway, oh man, I hope we get an episode where fucking Kiba turns into a horse and fucking Fies like rides him with the fucking sword <laughs> out and like cuts him on in half. Rule 34, it's somewhere on the internet. Hell yeah. Truth I have intrusive thoughts, David. You know this, but I was just imagining. <laughs> remember when Dragon's fucking cars was really big? I thought that's what you were going to say. 
he was gonna do just fuck a car when dragons fucking cars was big <laughs> yes i don't know what circles you run in but uh that was never big do you know what i'm talking about stuff oh yes i know exactly what you're talking about and i don't know maybe it was like a stupid american thing david maybe that's why maybe, maybe i was not on tumblr at the time <laughs> that's probably what it was this was mainstream i think it was not. Uh, you, you, you think <laughs> it was on like John Oliver or something? Like it was. It was mainstream is, among like the nerd crowd. This is. This sounds like a flat earther being like, "No, it's real. <laughs> I swear." I traveled to the edges of the world. I've seen the ice wall. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the magical valley where dragons fuck cars. I've been all around the. I mean, I've been. All around the edge. The ed- the, I, I mean, the edge. I, I just did a bunch of edging is what I had said. God damn it. I've seen transports on Saturn. Oh, like tears in the rain. All my memories will be gone. <laughs> but no. Hallmark desperately uh, taking notes right now. Oh, man. How has Hallmark not gotten a bunch of dragon erotic at this point? <laughs> they should just like get right into that. Uh, but there's probably a subsection somewhere. There has to be like a small production company making bank off of like, uh, what if your boyfriend was a werewolf and also a hundred percent your ex boyfriend, but now he's not. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's his business. Don't ask me. What the fuck? Yeah. Um. But so what were we talking about? Smart lady is here to just harass Takumi and then take him to the president, and they watch some footage where the president's like. You killed those people at the reunion. You did it. Hey, you kid, want to see a snuff film? Right? It, they were in Which a dark tunnel. That's exactly the vibes it gave. The way Tommy's like, it can't be. And then the press is like, welcome to Lucky Clover's. Damn, dude. I know. Wait, way to make assumptions. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time that kid's been traumatized this series. We've watched it happen like eight times just since the last ten episodes. And like, I can't state enough. This aired at like 9.30 in the morning for like kids and it was like hey guys here's a bunch of bodies on the ground <laughs> this guy being harassed everyone's crying <laughs> don't you love this and they did it's a very popular series <laughs> I'm sorry Turns out, yes. Th- this wouldn't be the first time that that would go on to surprise me once again what was the series I watched where he's my favorite line was fish don't fly asshole and that was also a kid show what was that was that Changeron that's changer on yeah. yeah. No, no, no. What was it? He said, "Fish don't fly, you bastard." That was what it was. <laughs> yeah, I quote that in my day to day life now. It's still the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen on a TV series. But at the same time, I was going, "Huh." My Saturday morning cartoons didn't sound like that. But then again, it was however many years ago. So times have changed. What do you quote every day from Gorai God in your light daily life? <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. I, I can't think of anything. Although that one sh- uh, show that we did watch occasionally, that uh, movie we watched occasionally, I uh, pretend to be mad about wasting Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, what? That Valentine's special we watched. Oh. Where he was throwing the chicken at people. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I just pretend to be mad and uh, pretend I'm throwing chicken at people. How dare you make me waste my chicken? I thought you meant the like hentai common one, but oh no, I have a totally different quote from that. But I definitely don't use it in everyday life. Anyway, oh, um... 
Kidro and Mari are driving, and then she's just like, can we look for Takumi? Like he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put up some missing, missing posters. Yeah. We have to find him before somebody takes him to the kennel. It's okay, Mari, says Kidro. I put him on a milk carton, holds it up. She's like, Kidro, that's a milk carton. Oh, no. <laughs> that explains everything else that happens. Yeah, be perfect for him. But they run into the jogger, and they're like, oh, no. Sneeze, let us leave the car and run into this gutted building with rubble everywhere. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. And like, there's no glass in the door, so there's like walk through this glass door with no glass um, and call Kiba. And then they start running over piles of stone for some reason. Like, I'm sure they could have found a better route. But it's like they chose difficult terrain the entire time, and I'm still trying to work out why. He was jogging, maybe. They're like, he can't jog on stone. Unheard of. But, like, I love how Kiba puts the Fi's belt in his pasture seat and is, like, seen, like, going down the street, like, looking for them. <laughs> but then he shows up and he beats uh, the jogger. Um, but then Lucky Clover is there and they have talk and be like, go kill Kiba and get the Fi's belt back as the episode ends. Mm. I like the, like, images that, like, this fight going into episode 37, uh, Kaiser's Justice Has, uh, where it's just, like, you're seeing Takumi looking into the face of Fies and all this stuff. He's, like, fighting him, and, like, it turns out he wants Kiba to kill him. Right. But Kiba won't. So Takumi leaves, and Lucky Clover smiles and leaves. And then, in the next scene, Takumi's alone in the woods. He says, I heard Mar, it was me. Uh, and he's very gutted by the fact that he thinks he murdered a bunch of people who came back to life. I I do want to point out, though, before we get too far into this one, is that as Takumi kind of uh, jumps away, we see once again fucking creepy Sokka in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Not doing anything except being a fucking slime ball again, just sitting in the corner waiting to see what happens with everybody else. It And... I don't know why, but these last few episodes that him doing that creeper thing like bothered me more than usual. So I've got an inordinate amount of notes that point out him doing that. No, that's a good observation. Um, he does this. <laughs> he loves this. Um, one thing that I want to go back to is Kiba just is driving a sensible car to go be a common rider. And it's funny to me every time it happens because it's not like a cool car. It's just like a little like four door that he drives to do cover business. Yeah, it's just like a nice, you know, like 2001 Toyota. Yeah, yeah. It's something very, like, sensible. Almost like a a young married, like, up-and-comer or something. Like, there's something very pedestrian about it, considering the fact he's a monster superhero. Yeah, it's not, like, customized. It's not, like, a sports car. It's not, like, a cool motorcycle. Uh, no. It's not like anything really sexier, like what you'd attribute to someone who kind of is in the line of work that he is. Like, he looks like just um, the first, the very first episode you said, David, like he's like an NTR, like, dude, like, and that's what yeah the kind of car it is where it's like, oh, he's like the dude that gets cheated on. That's the car he drives. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. At the cleaners. um. Kateros, like, what's going on? Who's goes like, Takumi is becoming orphaned of body and soul. And, like, the whole time, like, he's saying all this shit about, like, 
Beacon Orthodox rocks your like rots your heart. And Lakiba's like, no wrong. And by the end, he's like staring at Kusika, like he wants to rip his heart out. And that's the note that I have too. Like you, this is the first time that you can tell, like as great of a guy as Kiba is, and he obviously tries to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like you can see by his facial expression, he's finally seeing Kuska for who he is. And it's like a very real revelation happening on his face, even if he doesn't say a word. It's a really, really great scene. Kuska's like out of pocket. He's like, he's a savage he's beast crazy. that he's put down. Yeah, he's letting his crazy come out more and more, like completely unchecked. And, and like he keeps just like trying to gaslight Mari and be like, this is what happened with Sawada. Like, trusting friends is how you get killed, Mari. Mm-hmm. It's raining heavy, um, and the Prez is there at, at, at Lucky Clover Bar being, like, um, like, talking to the two main Lucky Clovers, um, and Takuma, the reader, says, I don't want him to join. But the psycho's like, I have a thing for troubled young boys. It's really adorable. And then Takuma, ah, just a own goal that he did not need. <laughs> so speaking of predatory once again sorry but once again she's one of the other ones i was talking about when it came to takumi like she is way inappropriate with him over this next series of episodes i mean she's kind of been like way appropriate forever <laughs> oh yeah but i mean it just it kind of like came into the fact that like why is everybody all about takumi all of a sudden like he's too young for most of the people that are uh chasing after him so vigorously. Yeah, he's a cub. <laughs> Takuma says, adorable? Who's more adorable, me or him, as she takes a long drink? <laughs> <laughs> Which, ouch. Just, ouch. So if you ever see somebody describe somebody something, you ask, oh, who's more like that, me or them? That's a failure moment. Learn that, everybody, please. Just You asked for that. And at that point, the press is something like the best among us must be able to abandon their humanity. And since Sawada was unable to talk me as no other option. And I, and I kind of thought Sawada was able to because he did kill someone. Yeah, boy, he fucking killed Mari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wants the next scene of the swing in the rain? Oh, gosh, it's so dramatic, too, because like it's it's all rain and this really dramatic music and uh, Mari's sitting on the swing set in the rain, which fucking unsafe. Seriously. Dude. Okay. When. Yeah, man, with the lightning storms I've had here, there's, there's a bad place to sit. That's a. Exactly. And those chains are made out of metal, which conducts fucking. Okay. Anyway, she's calling Takumi who is doing what? Not being any fucking safer, he's leaning against a tree. He's like a souls boss. Which also, <laughs> it's like, I know he's a little bit suicidal, but this is like, what he's doing would be permanent. It'll, it would have been only better if he was like sitting there like catatonic and he has like the phone in like an open hand that rings and he just sits there like, <laughs> right? Like, what has my life become? Well, I mean, the next scene isn't really any less dramatic than that because he finally answers the phone with her calling him and is just like, don't call me anymore. I'm not the man you knew. <laughs> and it's once again, soap opera moment, rain, dramatic music. 
Blah, 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 blah. And another ding on your uh, Kusaka counter, though. It is. Yeah, that's my other one. Creepy Kusaka sighting because he's sitting there with an umbrella. Kind, I, It doesn't really specify whether he's watching Mari or Takumi, but you can you can probably guess Mari. But either way, just dude, get a life. No, I lost my life. Sick of this guy. <laughs> um, and then David, who shows back up in the plot line for the first time in forever? Oh God. Um. So <laughs> these fucking guys. The fucking the fucking uh. What is it? It's like the lady that works with Mari at the hair salon's mm-hmm. detective dad. Yes. And he's just, he's doing what every Japanese salary man would be doing after 50 hours of Zangyo is sleeping at his desk. And he's Absolutely. like, mm, those, they, they took those, those murders away from us. I was one week from retiring and that was my big case. <laughs> you know, like he's like, ah, oh, whatever. Right. And they're like, oh, look, you ever heard about these recent building fires? And he's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, oh yeah, we saw like the same guy go into the place four fucking times at every single one. That's suspicious. He's like, mm, I guess so. <laughs> what do you what? mean, you guess so? <laughs> it's just so wild to see them. I was like, oh yeah, they haven't been here like twenty, maybe thirty episodes, right? Yep. And they but I don't know where exactly they're... this is going, right? Like, is right. this them going to be like, oh, smart brains doing some shenanigans? Like, is that what's happening? Like, I don't. It... Yeah, because we find out later that S- smart brain, like the president, was like, hey, let's make sure all, all these buildings are on fire, and all these people die. Um. Yeah. In the middle of this, though, Kaido, like, goes to the, like, welfare center and finds out that the kid got sent to an orphanage. And then, like, when the lady looks at him hopeful, he's like, don't get the wrong idea. I'm not worried about him. I'm sure to kill time. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care. I like the idea of, like, I came to this welfare center to ask about this kid because I had a couple of minutes. I'm bored. Yeah. I had a date later in like 10 minutes. So, you know, I, it was around like near the park here. Yeah. You're going to a cafe after. So <laughs> then we get a scene of Kusika when he's by himself. Oh, my God. He's at the end of his rope. He, he, no, he's absolutely the end of his rope because he's just sitting there. At, uh, I guess alone. It doesn't really show anybody else there, but he's at the laundromat and he's just growing about growling about Mari and being jealous of Takumi when all of a sudden he sees blood on his hands and we finally, finally, finally understand why this dude has his obsession with wiping that hand. Mm -hmm. Because he sees the blood on his hands and then we get to another flashback of the reunion. One we (laughs) haven't seen before. He's just like such a weirdo. Like He's like, why am I the only person you don't see, Mari? Yeah. And then we flash back to him, like, reaching out to Mari um, way back then and, like, getting blood on his hand after he pulls it away. And then for some reason, he, like, throws himself into some furniture. He, like, yeah, like, he's, like, yelling. He throws himself into, like, some furniture. He sees this, like, placard from the um, reunion. And, like, this is, like... Goes after it with a box cutter. After his flashback where it's all black and white except for the blood in his hand. Yeah. Yeah, he loses his shit. He grabs a box cutter and starts scratching the hell out of this uh, placard from the reunion. And then, like, Mari walks in and says, what are you doing? And he smiles, like, nothing. 
absolutely not losing my shit. I don't know why you accused me of that. Uh, holding a box cutter, cutting it to the fucking table. She's <laughs> like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> He's like, perfectly fine. I'm okay. No problem. And she like asks him these questions and like he won't tell her stuff. So then like um, he like convinces her to tell him everything because he thinks no attack happened or like he's trying to like get her to say that. But also he mm-hmm. wants to know if they were attacked by Takumi. Yeah, because I think she like mumbled something about Takumi under her breath. So, of course, since that like is his big obsession, he caught on to that and then tried to act all calm and rational to get her to you know, say what she remembered about the evening. Yeah. And then uh, what's the next scene, David, with uh, this orphanage? <laughs> I love this scene. Okay, so, fuck. It's, it's such a, like, a tonal whiplash, right? <laughs> Go from, amazing. like, this, like, fucking extremely, like, tense scene of someone going absolutely nuts and hallucinating blood on their hand to uh, the kid that a Kaido rescued. He's at like an orphanage and they're, he's getting bullied by other kids and they're like made him like mud pies and they're like, here, eat it. I made it specifically for you, which is like a very like Chunibyo Shogakse, um, like middle, not middle schooler, but like elementary schooler thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like here, eat the mud pie. I made it for you. Then Kaido shows up, and you're like, "Oh shit!" It like it literally like frames him in like that fucking hero shot before someone transforms, and he does the fucking like common rider V one pose. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Is he gonna like turn into an orphanoc and murder these children? <laughs> I would not have been surprised, honestly. And then he's like, "Hey man, you shouldn't you shouldn't be mean to children." Like, don't do that. He like wags his finger at them. He's like, I'm gonna protect the weak. And they give him the Comrade One music too. Yeah, it, yeah, it's fucking funny. He's like, Are you okay? I'll help you up. And the kid's like, Shut up, you asshole. He starts <laughs> whipping the mud pies at him. It's so fucking incredible. One of my favorite scenes ever. <laughs> like, I kind of I love kind like of. the Japanese trope of man, kids will beat the shit out of you and like just hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes that's true. Um, <laughs> he chases Kaido out and he's like, don't come back here again, you idiot. <laughs> uh, poor Kaido. Just can't get a break. Nope. He's getting treated the way he acts. Honestly, yeah, I, I would feel sorry for him, but it kind of seems like it's good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I think Kuska hears Mari's story and says, there's no way that's possible. And then it's sunset, and he's alone. He says, "Talk to me as you all along." <laughs> uh, and like he sees his flashback, and like he's like, "Ah, oh, talk to me, killed us all." But then, who wants to take a uh, Keepa's call next? In the next scene. Oh my goodness! It's such a it's a very very pretty scene. I'll give it that mm-hmm. because Keepa's sitting by the window in his really fancy apartment. And it's like the golden hour, and uh, Takumi's sitting in the middle of the forest once again, golden hour. So it's really pretty lighting and Takumi calls Kiba and he doesn't say anything but Kiba can tell it's him and he's like asking for him and saying hello hello and Takumi really won't say anything until Kiba says hey I really want to see you I really want to talk to you (laughs) gay yeah when I dream about you all this time dream about you baby (laughs) 
But anyway, the next thing we see is Keepa kind of rushing off. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, we see Takumi sitting against the tree again. And uh, somebody shows up, but we're surprised because it's not our lover boy, Kiba. It's uh, Seiko, the bartender. The way that Takumi's like, tell me what I should do. How do I go on? And then Kiba runs like a Nickelback music video. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Psycho's here. Uh, and what does she do, Steph? She tries to seduce that young boy flesh is what she does. She... Uh... <laughs> she tells him that she understands his struggle with being, you know, one foot in the human world, one foot in the orphanage world. She says she used to be the same. Um, and pretty much tells him that the only way he's really going to escape this hell is to let go of his humanity. And she like pulls him into her arms and says, you know, you can cry here, you, you know, whatever. And he like, he has, it almost seems for a second, like he might go for it. But then all of a sudden he like pushes her away and gives her that like angry Takumi looks that only he can do where he doesn't say anything. But you're like, you can tell he's disappointed in you. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't want whatever you're selling, lady. And then he immediately gets attacked. <laughs> you're too old for me, lady. Not too old for me. I'd be an orphanock in a second. Come on. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm not Takumi. I think it's more that he knows what she, like what she's trying to do, and it's like I don't like I don't just want somebody false. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I would go for it. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I'll be evil. This is whatever. Yeah, I'd... I'm already a hideous monster man. <laughs> Shrug and be like, worth it. Ah, uh, well, Lucky Clover keeps getting members. <laughs> I was about to say that's how you know David and I aren't going to be like writers. We're going to be monsters <laughs> no when i'm there like just like all right i guess i have to kill you guys well right. <laughs> kip's like i tried to tell you guys come on come on guys there's hot people that don't murder i swear they exist <laughs> liar <laughs> liar don't lie to me did you see the rack on that bartender come on it's not possible. You were the chosen one. <laughs> well, now I've chosen something else. I mean, are any of the heroes nearly as good looking as she is? Not even not, close. Not even not a little bit. Close. I'm just saying, law of averages. <laughs> There's sure. got to be somebody who doesn't. Eventually, maybe. But how many lifetimes are we waiting? I'm an orphanock. I can live for a while. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, if you're saying you're an orphanoc and you... Well, you gotta be to be in Lucky Clover. That's the rules. Haven't you been watching the show? <laughs> want to join Lucky Clover and then leave? And you have to be in Lucky Clover if you want to be with Psycho, so... Well, you know... Um... I don't see what you're having a hard time understanding here. What would you two do, though? Because there's only one slot. Would you just kill Takuma? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Answer. I, I mean, I, th I think that you could probably take out what's-his-name. The weird book nerd. Oh, yeah, Takumi, yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't know, I feel like Marikami, probably if you get rid of his roses, probably isn't as tough as he pretends to be either, so. Yeah, okay, so just kill the nerd. and put, the... put some weed killer on the other guy and you're fine. Oh, man, so Lucky Clover is just becoming this, like, weird polycule with this evil son. I feel like she'd be down for it. Yeah. But, um, so... 
what were you talking about? Oh, uh, Takuma shows up with his adult male friend to attack uh. Takumi. Um, and this guy just looks like he's in a commercial for like frisbee golf. Um, but he becomes an owl and he fights Takumi and then so does Takuma and then Takumi leaves and the owl like runs after him. And Takumi says something like, I won't let you guys be the ones to kill me, which like made it yes. sound like he has XP he wants to make sure Kiba gets. Oh, <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite scenes happens next. Uh, he's making his, Takumi's making his escape on bike and Kiba is trying to find him in his car. Sensible and, car. And uh, all of a sudden, his sensible car, his sensible dad car, yes. And uh, <laughs> he sees Takumi kind of cut in front of him on his bike and then stops his car to look and then all of a sudden sees this orphanot come flying after him. So he like real quick does a transformation with the belt and then knocks this fucking monster out of the air, which is probably my favorite thing that has ever happened. And proceeds to get into a fight with him right then and there, like no hesitation whatsoever. Great fight, too. It's so good. That fight scene's one of two fights where they're using like the glow in dark suits where the Yeah, I was gonna ask, right? Yeah. Like we haven't seen the glow in the dark suit for a while, have we? Mm-mm. And not in a full-on fight, no. No. It looks great. He's fighting this owl on this like sloped kind of like street as like it's raining and there's like waves running down it. It looks incredible. Fuck. I love Kiba. <laughs> the way he knows his time for his finisher is like one of his punches makes the owl fly back and feathers get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that happens though is that Kusuga pulls up in front of Takumi. And it's like, okay, I'm fine to murder you if Kiba won't. I got this. Yeah, he straight up says, I'm not Kiba. I'll take your ass out right now. And we haven't seen Night Kicks uh, much. Or, or like, l- I don't think at all. Right. He looks good. Mm-hmm. And he just beats the shit out of Takumi. And his sword looks great, too. It's all, like, lightsabered out. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. It's awesome. This is for my life. This is for Mari's life. This is for all our lives. You took them from <laughs> us. But then Kiba shows up and makes his uh, cool like net finisher miss and like grapples as the episode ends. Uh, which leads to 38, Wandering Spirits. Uh, which is just kind of like Takumi watching as Kiba grapples Kusika. And he says, we can't just kill him. And then Takumi passes out and is falling backwards into the river. But Psycho's there because she's like, I'm going to cock block this river. <laughs> we, we need we need like a, a dude falls into river counter at this point. I swear to God. Yeah, it happens way too often. It's at least at 10. Like I, minimum, it's at least at 10. I don't. I've never seen that many rivers in my life as I have seen in this series. Well, thankfully then for you, we did see Psycho block it this time. She blocked the river. I mean, but still, it was so close. He was right there. He was right there. Well... <laughs> It's a good plot device, I guess. Uh, besides being in your van and sneezing, it's going in a river. It's I guess getting attacked by missiles. That's all they got. But so like he's being carried through this like row of trees, then pushes her away. It says, "Don't say me like that. Leave me alone." <laughs> and then leaves, <laughs> as one does. And then, um, who wants to the next scene at the cleaners with Mario and Katero uh, confronting Kutsuka? <laughs> uh, I'll do it. Sure. So. 
they're they're like you know chastising uh Kuska for attacking Takumi, and they're like Kiba told us everything. Like you're just being a fucking asshole. Like wh- <laughs> like why you know? Because I guess do they at this point also know that he's an orphanok? I don't remember. Takumi or Kiba? No, uh, Mari and Keitaro. Do they know that Kiba's an orphanok? Yeah, right. I think they must. I think they must. I think, yeah. Didn't he save them once? No, because like that whole time where Takumi and Kiba were like in this weird situation. Remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they they do know, but they're like, yeah, uh, Takumi's not just like any other orphanok. Like you need to leave him alone. And and then Kasuga pulls a Takumi and goes, just forget about him. He's like, he's bad for you. Just forget about him. And Mari says the one thing that really like pisses Kasuga off. She says, I can trust Takumi more than I can trust you. (laughs) I have never been angrier after a scene in one of these shows as I was in this one. I, I had to walk that off for a second. Yeah, and then and then Kasuka just fucking slaps her. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And nobody Bro. does anything. That's the part that pissed me off. Like, she doesn't react. Kataro doesn't re- Like, nobody does anything. And I was just like, ugh. No. And if she didn't know, she knows now. This is what this is like. As soon as you tell him that you don't trust him, he's like, well, how about you trust me now? I was like, okay, yep. <laughs> Whack. Uh. Do you trust domestic abuse? <laughs> Let me really earn your trust and just paintbrush your face a couple of times. Just I'm going for the Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> work for Ted Bunny. It'll work for me. God damn it. But yeah, just <laughs> not the kind of violence you normally see with these shows is somebody getting punched no. 40 feet and dying or somebody like getting slapped in the face. Well, the weird part is, too, it's never acknowledged. After this scene, we never talk about this again. I do think she basically gives up trusting Kusika from here, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems like it, yeah. She definitely stands up to him in every scene after this. It's not like she let that make her, like, quiet or anything. Everything he's saying was a lie as she was becoming aware of it, but I think, like, slapping her for, like, saying that she trusts somebody else more than him is such a, oh, you just want to own me. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a wake-up call. Um, and she like runs away and sees this bench that she thinks has talked to me, but he's not there. Um, but she tries to call him. Then like Kuska's there and like takes her phone. Yeah, he's 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 his scumbag energy is fucking off the charts this mm. time. Like he was yeah. a scumbag before, but he's a real fucking scumbag now. He tries to say sorry and touch her cheek, and she like leaps backwards. Yeah, because he just fucking whacked her. Yeah. yeah. Say what you want about Takumi. Takumi never whacked her. No. Right? So, like, you have that comparison. It's like, oh, Takumi, the evil orphanok, has never hit me. But you, the guy who says he's like, oh, I'm going to protect you and keep you safe, has fucking slapped you in the face. Well, and that's another thing, too, if you think about it. Like, uh, Takumi, who is supposed to be just completely out of control and erratic it has never once whether in human form or not let his emotions get the better of him whereas Casca, that's kind of a pattern like anytime he feels something even slightly inconvenient he like reacts like a baby like this is insanity for him 
it's kind of just it's weird to see how he doesn't trust anyone else when he's the one who's erratic at every turn and also like violence is just different like if me and you Steph got in like an altercation and like punch each other Mm -hmm. that's different from like us hit like this that isn't meant to hurt the same way you know yeah that's like escalation of an entirely different level like you're going beyond just reasonable at that point yeah like if you like if you were like i can't believe like you drove the bus that my family was on when they died and you punched (laughs) me that's different from like slapping me when i tell you something like this yeah um but then like he like deflects by saying actually takabi massacred us all (laughs) by that point it's just like okay shut up you drama queen like get over it you're fine yeah (laughs) and then we cut to uh everybody's favorite couple at the gas station as mahara is sitting there doing nothing just waiting to be phone called to join the plot And Kusuka's like, oh, Takumi's gone rogue? Or no, like, Mahara, like, thinks that now Takumi's rogue, and, like, Rina's like, I don't know, he's been pretty much a homie the whole time. Yeah, he, like, helped us out of a jam here. Um, and so then they're off to find Takumi, and he wants to kill him, and she's like, "Uh, don't do that, please. (laughs) But then the Clover Bar, as Kizaki can't play pool because it will or can't play darts because it will turn to dust. So he grabs Takuma by the head. Because <laughs> he loves to torture him. It's my favorite thing. It's hard not to. And then like Psycho's like, actually guys, we should play that game where we get to slap each other if we win. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, Psycho, why'd you tell him? Why'd you bring that up? Now they're gonna kill Kiba again, which is cool because he's fies. And then um that's where we see Mario back in the salon, I think, the next scene. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. I was about to say, did anyone else forget she had a day job? Because I completely yes. forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, she yeah. she works there. As far as we know, she works at the cleaners, she works at the salon, and a pizza place. Yeah, that lady busy. <laughs> and like her friends there to be like, I need a new job. And like she's there also because like they need like detective scenes. And like next is like detectives being like. What does this guy get from setting so many fires? That one boy barely survived. <laughs> and then we see like the dude who was ostensibly like setting the fires pull up on Mahara and like Rina to take the belt. And then he just beats Mahara's ass. As one does. And then Takumi shows up and he becomes Delta. And it's really fun to watch him fight with a different belt. Like he has a lot of personality when he fights. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I it's cool. So, has, has he worn every belt now? He hasn't been Kaiser yet. Um, though Kuska has worn every belt. Yes, Kuska has. Anyone, anyone else worn more than one so far? I don't think so. Like, you mean two at once? No, like, I mean, like, um, everyone else has only worn one belt. Like, Kaido was Fies, and when I think so, Takuma was only Fies, and like, Psycho was only like Kaiza. Oh, and uh, What's his name was Delta for a while. Yeah. The main villain guy. Uh, Kitazaki. Yeah, that one. Yeah, he was Delta for a while. Yeah, but you're right. I, I don't think anybody else has done more than one. Okay. But he beats off the arsonist. <laughs> <laughs> and then he passes out. I appreciate that pause. 
Whoa, what what episode were you watching? <laughs> I don't know, but people were getting I beat wanted off, that episode. and that's all that. <laughs> Man, uh, just mine came with a PG thirteen rating. I feel like I missed a lot of the action. That sounds like a weird Japanese poor translation. Like, oh, like bartender lady beats off an arsonist. Psycho, Lucky Clover edition, or something. <laughs> mm. uh, but no. Um, then we just like see Mari's friend looking at magazines for Smart Brain, trying to find a job. She's like, "That's too smart." And then like her dad comes, is like, "Why are you upside down? Cross your legs." <laughs> yeah, you're unladylike. But he sees the arsonist is in the Smart Brain catalog. Dun dun dun. So the pres meets the detective. Says, "Oh, we fired the guy a long time ago." convenient yeah and like we see like the prez call psycho it was like she's like picks up the phone like ruffles kitazaki's like sleeping hair and then like, it's like they're there uh and then like um she's like oh i'm gonna kill taco he's like no kill this one dude he was really good at arson but really bad at leaving evidence <laughs> and kizaki wants to tag along we cut to mari kiba just on a date at amusement park <laughs> having fun yeah was there any was there lead up to that that i missed because i kind of felt disoriented that i I mean it was cute that they were on a date but all of a sudden i was just like what where did this come from i think like midway through or like after they've done a lot of their date stuff she says sorry for dragging you along so she just grabbed him i guess oh okay i guess that makes sense they did kind of have like a connection or sweetness or whatever but it just seemed like it was out of nowhere (laughs) for the scene mm-hmm. <laughs> no totally <laughs> uh, it's nice because like he's the one guy mari has liked in the show that way so yeah and actually a pretty decent one compared to all the ones that are always beaten down her door but like have all these like psychological and mommy issues that they want her to take care of he's like the normal one out of the crowd which is weird to say with everything he's been through just don't ask him what happened to his last girlfriend or her brother <laughs> Or his cousin. True that, yeah. But also, um, weird little moment where like they go in this haunted house and Mari's like, I'm so scared that he was like, let's go in. And then he like comes out with his hand on his chest. <laughs> oh. I thought it was hilarious. I got I got some fun facts about that place that they're at. Oh yeah. Because I've actually been there. Yes. This is a Fuji, this is a Fuji Q Highland, which is a amusement park uh close to Mount Fuji. The haunted house that they go in is yes one of the old world's oldest haunted houses but the thing that that makes this haunted house like scary as fuck one it's in an abandoned hospital like an actual <laughs> building it's Damn. it was it was an actual hospital that they converted into a haunted house two wow you have to sign a fucking waiver when you go in and cast members who work at the haunted house are like allowed to like fucking grab you and pull you into rooms and like take you places like they're allowed to just like, you know, kind of manhandle you a bit like you sign a fucking waiver to let them do that to you. Okay. the third interesting thing is I, let, let's play a little game here. They sell one item that is specific at the get gift shop at the end of the haunted house that is you will not find anywhere close to like this place. And it's one specific item. What do you think that is? Oh, what do you think, Steph? I have two ideas. Oh, no. Um, I was thinking something simple like an umbrella. I was going to say either like the tag they put on a body slash patient or like underwear because <laughs> you need new one. 
Yours are better. Bingo. You're correct. It's underwear. What? They sell oh. extra underwear because people piss and shit themselves in fear. Oh, shit. Awesome. Okay. I like that. Is like cool underwear or is it just like, like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's like themed underwear, but that would be pretty funny if it was. It's like Hanes. Yeah. <laughs> This was underwear that says I went to this haunted house and all I got was some uh, shitty underwear. <laughs> and, sh- and shit myself. <laughs> that sounds like a great, like, poorly translated, like, English. I went to all the haunted house and all I did was shit myself. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting little factoid about that place. Wow. I want sh- shit my pants underwear. That sounds great. Uh, ghosts. <laughs> and sh- Have you been in this place or no? Fuck no, it's scary as fuck. <laughs> he doesn't want to buy new underwear at the end of his trip, Kip. Keep Dude, up. It's, like, it's like real life Silent Hill. Like fucking Pyramid Head Man is like coming to get you and shit like that and like creepy nurses and stuff. Okay. And the fact that it's in an actual like hospital is even more creepy because it looks like an actual hospital. Like they didn't need to dress it up as anything. Like it literally is just an abandoned hospital. Allegedly... Did any of us theoretically break into any buildings as a teen? Uh, I don't think I ever did. I, There's not much to break into in the in the middle of nowhere. There. I heard some rumors that I, my friends and I may or may not have. I may have known somebody who stole a bunch of booths from a closed down Mexican restaurant and put them in their basement to hang out on. Sick. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, I I like that. Because they were like allegedly like pink and like stripy in like a cool like restaurant way. How the fuck did they get them out? They must have had like a fucking truck or something. I think allegedly they were like unscrewed from the wall. Oh yeah, like they had have like a truck or a van. I think actually. <laughs> allegedly, huh. they had like four of them. Allegedly, allegedly, that's wild. Allegedly, allegedly. And allegedly, um, maybe a lighthouse too, but allegedly I wasn't there, uh, and I didn't <laughs> spray paint anything. Allegedly, there was no one by the name of Kip at that uh, <sighs> location. Well, that's true. That's not my name, but <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, there's no no name James there either. <laughs> allegedly, my name was Kip. Yeah, that's true. But I always say, um, but so. Where were we? Oh, um, the date. They need shitty pants for, or non-shitty pants for, for, but then they, like, are on this, like, heart-shaped Ferris wheel, and they're talking, and it's like, oh, yeah, the blue sky's nice, and all that jazz. Um, but then, in a leaky faucet warehouse that we come back to again later is, uh, Rina taking care of Takumi as Mahara's like, maybe we should call Kusika. This guy's dangerous, right? And she's Mm -hmm. like, are you serious? He saved our lives. (laughs) <laughs> pay attention you idiot and like this is like intercut with like Kiba walking with Mari and he's just holding the belt because he's like well this is a physical object so I have to hold it if we're about to be in a fight scene you understand right and then like he asks her oh do you feel any better she's like yeah he, and he says not a very good liar are you so let's just like cut these like plots in like half and go like kind of like at them um what happens with Kiba uh here um you mean when the guy shows up and he's like, hey, I'm going to fight you? Yeah, that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just random. Like, what is this guy supposed to be? Barnacles? A football man? Like, oh, I had this open. So 
they start fighting and then uh they teleport to a completely different location as you do <laughs> i don't know i don't know how that happened uh he just like charges up punches the dude in the chest and instantly murks him and then is when uh oh god what's his name not Murakami. yeah no uh kitazaki Kizaki, that's what it is. Kizaki shows up and he's like, I'm the big evil dragon man and I'm just gonna like absolutely just sandbag you and kick the shit out of you. Like he he destroys him. But that being said, it's the first time we ever see that Kizaki has two forms. Yeah, because like what Kiba does is he like goes axle form because he loses, he goes to punch him, he just destroys his like main body and his like armor. He was the barnacle, yes. Okay, that's what I thought he looked like. And while that's happening, Takumi is attacked by the Prez, and Mahara tries to get involved and just gets knocked away. <laughs> yeah, he he's like whatever. But Takumi gets his ass kicked. Um, and that leads to, to next time though, because both Takumi and Kiba are about to be killed as the episode ends, which leads to episode thirty nine, Fies Two, Electric Boogaloo. And Steph, what happens to Kiba? How does he escape? <laughs> um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm digging through my notes because I just drew a complete blank. I don't know why. No. Um. So Kiba Kitasaki gets bored. Yeah. <laughs> and he just walks away. Because like he sees like a paper airplane and then asks to throw it, and it turns to dust. Kitazaki's oh like the gosh. kid with like massive ADHD where he's just like, <laughs> oh, a thing. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, it, it, it was a really weird scene too because he was completely enchanted by this toy that he only got to watch fly for just a couple of feet before it turned into ash and just rained down again. Those poor kids, they were probably like, oh, what a dick move. They're probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, and then um, what happens to Takumi though David uh, Takumi he gets like basically chokeholded by the president like the president like lifts him up and he's like choking him out and he gets tossed on the ground the theme song plays and then he's like it goes it like cuts to Kusuka getting a call while he's washing the van and they're like hey can you like come help because we're getting marked out here and he's like oh what's wrong you should be okay right this van's so dirty because every time Kato gets scared he shits on it <laughs> his favorite thing to do is wash cars though like that is his absolute hobby in his downtime that is what he does he's always washing a fucking car somewhere it's the only way there's no blood in his hands that's true um but yeah so also, Kiba shows up, and they double rider kick the prez, but he, like, turns into, like, rose petals to leave. Uh, and they're like, ah, oh, he, he disappeared. Um, Is this the time... Oh, no, okay, no, no, no. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. That's when Takumi then leaves and Mari's chasing him, but then, like, can't find him. And, like... Right. Mahara and Rina are in the main show for a little bit, and then, like, Kiba's so like, oh, why are you with him? And then, like, um, Kiba finds Takumi in some rocks. <laughs> Take mm-hmm. it out. Um, and then, like, the cops are back, and they're like, we can't find the guy. And the older one's like, oh, let, let's just declare him dead. <laughs> He's definitely been killed by <laughs> now. 
as 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 they eat fucking curry in like fucking tight close-ups of their damn mouths as they're just munching on curry having a conversation it was such an uncomfortable set of scenes yes it was uncomfortable to watch (laughs) and the way they're just talking about this murder like i get they're at like a police place but it'll be a little bit like discreet of oh yeah this guy was definitely killed by this like corporation yeah, especially since they like made it a, such a big point to point out that there were these like young like junior officers eating next to them, kind of doing their own thing. But like their voices had been one decibel louder, and everybody would have known what they were talking about. It was kind of a lot to watch. Mm-hmm. These are characters who like I have really hazy memories on, so I was like surprised to see them here. Yeah, same. But um, after seeing. Kentucky's form though Mari had this revelation that he was there and she tells Kusaga hey this wasn't Takumi but Kizaki and he says this seems like a cover up um, but then Katero's like hey guys could you come up here having problems and Mari's like throwing Rita around and breaking glass he's like my legs don't work he's like I'm paralyzed <laughs> my legs don't work yeah and at first I thought he was being serious. I'm like, oh no, he got like paralyzed from fighting the Orphanox. That's bad. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> and um, part of my brain working is just, I only remember mediocre to bad comedies from like the 2000s, but this is exactly what happens in uh, Talladega Nights, where you're just like one bad, <laughs> one bad crash, you think you're paralyzed. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... <laughs> But then we cut to Takumi, who's in the altar bed uh, with the misfit rogues or whatever. Um, and Kaido is just like, never would have pegged you as an orphanoc. But truth is, I won too. Then he coughs like he just hit a fucking bong. <laughs> and Yuka's like, you can live here. And Kaido's like, it's cramped. You can't. <laughs> Which is weird because it's only cramped when they all decide to gather in one room like that. But if they just all didn't insist on being right next to each other, it's not that cramped of an apartment. No, it's like huge. What are they talking about? Right. I mean, as far as we know, they have like bedrooms because we see them once or twice, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. No. Um, Takabi's too scared of losing his humanity, though. He's like, I'm going to attack people eventually. Um, And then next scene, who's back, Steph? Who is back? Everyone's favorite dance meister. What? Uh, Sawada is back. Oh, God, yeah. I, you know, since he's not going with his music anymore, he makes much less of an impact on me. I really want him to go back to playing his headphones in every single scene. See how forgettable he is without them? Yeah. Just like, what other songs could he have? Just like, you know, like, don't push me. That's the impression that I get. <laughs> yeah, it's true, Ska. <laughs> <laughs> I pretended to like rapid hip hop, but I wasn't human. I love human. I just love to skank. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's like in the faucet house, and he gets like called by Kusika, who's like, "Oh, you're still alive." You called him. You were just hoping. Um, but he has yeah. a favor. Um, and then one of my favorite scenes of this is not, not like other cover writer shows is Katero. It's like, hey, Mari, some random guy gave me a present for you. It's so weird that, like, with everything going on, that didn't tip him off that that was a problem. 
Like, <laughs> there's so many reasons that was the wrong thing for him to do. And, like, <laughs> Kano and Mari opened this, and it's just, like, the final form for Vice. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, a giant, like, briefcase-ass-looking thing with a big old handle in the middle. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, the the only reference point I have is, like, some old movies. Like, what's that, like, gorillas and, like, they have to fight some gorillas in a volcano movie? Or, like, uh, in the Tomb Raider movies? It's like a satellite phone. Mm-hmm. It's like what it looks like uh, when it's like folded up. Mm, yeah. What's that gorilla? Like it's like a gorilla. I I don't know what movie you're talking about. There's this movie where like they're trying to find diamonds, so they teach a gorilla sign language and like have it lead them. It was like a major blockbuster in the '90s. <laughs> what? <laughs> a '90s gorilla movies. It's like Mighty Joe Young or some shit. No, it was like. Not by Joe Young. It was like Home Alone. Oh, what is it? Congo. It was a Michael Crichton movie. Oh, Congo. Yeah, it's about like finding rare blue diamonds that'll change like communication technology or something. <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry's in it. Um, no, uh, <laughs> tells me everything I need to know right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and now I will watch your movie. You know what? That's a good that's a good movie for Kamen Rider to be because I'm pretty sure there's like practical mutant gorilla based off of like diamond wave like suits in it. Let's do it. But no, um, so th- this whole generation of like Kamen Rider is like, oh, final forms are a big deal, and like Kuga's final form is like this dark presence he's worried about the whole series, and Agito is like this moment of like self actualization and like. Ryuki, it's like here's like the last wishes of a friend manifest, and here it's just like some guy brought you a package, Mark. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> it is. It fits. But so like, what happens next is like Kusuga goes to see Sawada, and it's time to fight to the death. But he wants to know what happens to the union. Then Mari also shows up and asks. So they find out. Um, and what happened at the reunion, everybody? Um. So at the reunion, like this is like a full just like replay of the actual reunion from start to finish. Yeah, it's like a five minute scene. Yeah. So this like Wolverine ass looking dude shows up. Um, It's, I guess, Aonuma, who's some other Ryusei student, turns into fucking Wolverine and just starts murdering people. He is the sloth orphanoc. He, he moves pretty fast for a sloth. Mm-hmm. That's true. But he starts murdering people. Takumi shows up and kills his ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, in one punch. Yeah. Like, absolute easily. glass jaw on Aonuma. Just done. Um, then he's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then. Um, Mari's like run away from Takumi because she just saw him murder a dude. And that's when Kitazaki shows up and he's like, haha, now I'm going to kill you too. And uh, <laughs> Takumi goes to like fight Kitazaki and he just gets his ass kicked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and passes out. And then Kitazaki just murders everyone. And then we see like this wild like shot. Is that where we like hear about the surgery that they want? Yes. So yeah, uh, that is in a later episode. Is it? Okay. It might be in forty. Never mind then. We'll get there when we get there. But yeah, it's in forty. 
Okay. Um, because I think they have a chat about it. But then, like, um, he says, like, the one who killed us was an orf dog of two forms. That's in Lucky Clover. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, oh, Mar gets interrupted asking like how they're alive. But like, that's when Kuska fights him. But like, he, like his glaive rips open like a bag of feathers. Um, Swatis does. Then he like drops it because like goes through his d- disintegrated hand. Yes. And then, um, that's when Mari tells Akuska, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, I wanted to protect you, let you have a normal life. But she's just like, I'm glad Takumi's not the killer. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at there. Which, of course, pisses him off all over again. And then more Mahara stuff. He doesn't want to be Delta. And Rina's like, you, you can be Delta. Uh, weirdly unparalyzed anymore. <laughs> she says that, too. She's like, oh, you can move? She's like, I thought your legs were broken. Delta Bell powers, don't worry about it. He gets a little by Kusaga. Uh, and then that's when um, Takumi's talking with, at first, I thought it was Yuka, but actually Mari. Um, and it's just like, hey, your distress is the like, proof that you're human, have more faith in yourself. And like, I think like that like your memories are wrong, too. Here's who actually killed us. He won't accept the belt, despite her say, only you could be Fai Takumi. And then that's when Rita calls. I got a bad feeling about Kusika. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because he picks the worst fight he could pick. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, it was Kitazaki who killed people. I'm going to go fight that guy by myself. And he's like outside the bar, says, hey, what a fight. And then, <laughs> weirdly enough, Kitazaki's like, no, I'm not in the mood today. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm kind of bored. I don't want to fight you. <laughs> Kuzuka's like, don't fuck with me. He's like, don't screw with me. I want to fight you. And then what happens? He gets a fishing net thrown on him by some kind of weird fisherman fucking orphan hawk out of nowhere who gets handled pretty. This is the okra. Oh, okra? Like the vegetable? Yes. Wow. The fuck? Okay, sure. Okay. But, uh, he he they they teleport out to a trained yard and Marian Rena 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 whatever the other girl's name is Rena they show up and they put on the belts and they go to transform and for whatever reason okay this is the weird thing right Rena's works but Mari's always keeps erroring out and we've determined now that like the belts only work for people who are orphanox mm-hmm. right yeah like that's a thing so what's what's up with Mari? Like, wh- like, why is she not a weird orphanoc person? Because I would assume that she is. I'm not going to be surprised if she isn't some sort of like uh, anomaly or hybrid or something. And that maybe is. Yeah, she's like, she's the first orphanoc human hybrid. Yeah. And that might be why, like, everybody's so attracted to her. Like, whether it's. No, nah, that's just Japan being horny. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, like, whether romantic or not, maybe there's something about, like, whatever she is that kind of makes people flock to her. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. Because we basically seen that Sawada became an orphanoc. Um, Kusika supposedly didn't, but also can use the belts. And she can't use the belts. So, yeah. Right. So that's kind of our three outcomes. I think mm-hmm. that we have, like, based off, like, what happens later. But she's, like, trying to transform yeah. multiple times and getting knocked back. Right. And props to Rina who tries to fight but gets rolled. 
Um, yeah, yeah, she doesn't last too fucking long. I mean, she is fighting against Kitazaki, so like, even he's like beating up actual flies. Mm-hmm. So I'm not yeah. really surprised that she gets. But uh, yeah, Takumi grabs the belt and he finally transforms into flies, and they throw him the briefcase sword handle thing. Yeah, I'm gonna find out what that's called. Actually, it's called the Fies Blaster. <laughs> the Fies Blaster. Yeah, they give him the Fies Blaster that came from somewhere, and then you get an amazing shot, amazing miniature shot of a satellite in space shooting a laser down to Fies and activating his superpower, and he gets his his new suit, his super his super suit. <laughs> I don't know what the suit is called, like XL form or something. It's called blaster form. Blaster, blaster form. Okay. Give me my super suit. Um, what do we think about this form? Uh, probably one of my favorites so far, honestly. Really, I hate it. I think it looks ugly. Really, <laughs> I hate the red undersuit. Yeah, I could see that. It definitely could have been um worse, like giving up red or final forms. It's still like his three colors going in, but yeah, it's um mm-hmm. not my favorite five suit, but I like do just like how it does seem like it's like a like major deal final four. But there's like a little bit of stuff. I I wish I wish that it had um they had like inverted the colors. So oh, yeah, you know where it's like his normal suit is black with the red stripes. I wish it was red with like black stripes. Well, I guess it kind of is actually now that I'm looking yeah. at it again. But I wish they were bigger, like they're more prominent. No, yeah, it's definitely um, all writers have to have their final form, you know. It's yeah. too red. Yeah, that's fair. I get it, but it's too red. I still think. Flies though his reform is probably my favorite look for Comrade. Like it's partially because like it's kind of just like you know the first one I watched, but still, um, I I like its powers though. It has like a like jetpack that can turn into like a mortar, and it has like a sword mm-hmm. gun, a big old laser sword gun. Yeah, for sure. And he cuts through a bus uh, to kill the okra. A a bus, a train car, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has a train car, not a bus. A <laughs> oh, fair, fair. I mean, it's a bus on rails. He does have cool shoulder blasters, which I'm into. That's some Gundam shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like the most kind of like model kit that like he's been so far to. Right. I do like how it says like awakening when he transforms, though. That's like a like fun moment. Of like, oh, this is like a cool thing to say when somebody gets power up. Mm-hmm. But no, um, that actually uh, fight ends a proof of episode forty, though proof of humanity, um, which is our last episode. Um, and after being beat, Kitazaki is upset. He's like, "I got beat! I got beat! No!" He he throws a full on temper tantrum right there on the ground. A very ray of him. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I would love to see his two characters meet. I feel like it would just end in violence, though, and death. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Hey Kitazaki, how much do you like your sister? You got a sister? <laughs> uh, well, I had a sister. <laughs> they would bond over having sisters. <laughs> uh, but like, Mari comes up to talk to me and says, oh, "Welcome back." But then, like, um, 
he's not like on the train of just because I got my final four, my problems are solved. And he just like runs right. like a cryptid into the woods. <laughs> As he do. <laughs> we got to one of my favorite caterers days. There's like they're all eating dinner, and Kato says, Things are quiet here, it's different from Otakumi, and they just burst out crying. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Man, like Kato Kato on these like last like set of like 20 fucking episodes, all he does is cry and whine. Like it sucks so much. Like I I wish they did more He's with his character. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, there's definitely um I wouldn't mind Mihara and Rena cut to give Katero and Yuka some more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But um <laughs> then we see Yuka and Kaido who are um at the orphanage now because the orphanage, yeah. You're just allowed to go there and meet the kids. Maybe take one home. Um but so like they're trying to give the uh kids streamers and then their kid though doesn't want one and instead is like actually I'm gonna shark you and just like <laughs> yeah what, what the fuck seriously and like pulls up Yuka's skirt and like I at least appreciated how like it wasn't like he does it but like we don't see it which was nice right <laughs> she can't get help by Kaido though because like he's trying not to look so she's like Kaido help like, I can't I can't see. No, he just goes, wow. <laughs> I want I want that as like a sound bite. I can just play. I can add that to a Discord soundboard for future podcasts. Wow. <laughs> wow. There you go. Wow. What other sounds do we need from shows? Just like what? Like Ore Sanjo. Uh I don't know. Uh Splat. There's like a million and one like Japanese specific sound effects to like TV shows that like mm-hmm. you just hear and you hear them everywhere and it's like oh, I just wish I had that sound effect somewhere. I want one of those fancy like stream deck things but also I'm like I don't need to spend like $250 on getting <laughs> on a glorified soundboard. Right. But no um, as Yuka's getting harassed the detectives show up and they're like oh look Smart Brain owns this orphanage. Weird. And the younger de- detective recognizes Yuka, but they don't put it together then. Then, uh, what does Takami decide the best thing he should do is of his life? Uh, he decides it's a good idea for him to just go to the Lucky Clover and be like, I challenge you all to a duel four on one. <laughs> yep. It's like, hmm. It's like, you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and of course, Psycho's all but, you know, I had such high hopes for you, little boy. Yeah, I was hoping that you'd be my weird other side project puppet boyfriend dude. I don't know what she wants. Mm. Yeah, I don't either. But all of a sudden she loses her temple and she's like, yeah, game on. <laughs> and Sawada saw this from the stairs. Um, <laughs> and also, OK, uh, really, maybe the funniest moment of this whole set happens next. Who wants to cover what Mahara does to Rita? <laughs> so, oh God. So they're sitting at like a gas station and they're just talking about, you know, oh, the, the, he's like, he's like, I'm done with the Delta belt. He's like, yeah, dude, we know like, fuck this, like the eighth time you've been done with the Delta belt and you still have it, you dipshit. That's all you ever talk about. So he takes the Delta belt and he fucking whips it into the road and Rena goes to grab it. 
And she's about to get fucking isekai by truck coon. And she just gets fucking nailed by a truck. And like they don't show usually like 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 in moments like this in a show, they would like show her getting saved or like stuff. It just shows mm-hmm. a white which was white. Yeah, it just goes to white. And I would have laughed my ass off if they're like, man, Ruth Day School, there's like none of us left after this episode. <laughs> That's when Sawada and Takabi meet. And um Sawada's like, Mari still trusts you and all the stuff. And um what do you think of like Sawada and like Takabi here, Steph? I actually really liked this exchange for them because it showed a lot about both of their characters. It showed how Takumi, despite all evidence, still is willing to give people a chance. And it shows that Sawada, for better or worse, still has his humanity. Like he tries very hard to play that off, but there is a very, very human aspect to how they're communicating with each other, this whole interaction, and I enjoyed it a lot. And I like how um, he, like, understands why she likes Hakumi and then knocks him out, like, the anime style with the, like, um, gut punch, too. Yeah. That was such a good scene, and it's even better, like, later on in the episode when you understand why things played out that way, but it it just, because it's such a surprise that all of a sudden Takumi's on the ground, and you're just like, what the fuck happened? Because they did have such a human moment between them. It's it's really good. In the middle of this is where we get the explanation of the trap that Smart Brain did and, like, how they wanted to experiment on them. Yes, that's right. Right. It's a cool scene. (laughs) It is, yeah. There's a lot about this scene that's really neat. Because they're all in this white room and there's smoke everywhere and it's light, blinding light. Yeah, and these people in like head to toe, uh, what are those called? Like those containment uh, hazmat? It hazmat suits. Hazmat, hazmat suits. Yeah, and you just only kind of see them in shadow. It's it's a really well done scene. Mm-hmm. And it was an experiment to make artificial orphanox, which you know what. A lot about what Smart Brain's doing makes sense if that didn't work, you know? Right. And they like talk about the Orphanog genome, which it felt like a really big proper noun to bring up. I don't know if this is like a big plot point like going forward or not. Um and then Rena wakes up in the hospital. And I think like later she also inspires Mahar. It's a scene of she says we have no home. <laughs> we have to make our own home. And we have to live our lives to the fullest to have a home. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. She essentially tells him everything that uh, everybody else had been trying to tell him this entire time. But I think because, I don't know, maybe because he feels guilty for her or something. But it seems like this is the first time it really kicks in for him. Like, yeah, there isn't anything, <clears throat> excuse me, for us outside of this. You can finally see the wheels start to spin in his head. So I actually got uh, these scenes a little mixed up. I think. The first scene where they're talking is in the parking lot and like Sawada passes out because he's like dusting. The second scene is where like it like he explains stuff and they're in the, the church and keep on talking to me. But yeah. I love the church. It's very much like, yep, here's the church we found. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Before Airbnb, there like there used to be tons of places just like this. Old abandoned churches, old faucet rooms where like bikers hang out. And now there's not. <laughs> but no. Um. Mari gets a call from Sawada is the next scene. Yes. And he's like, oh, come meet me in the abandoned 
fucking church. church. Him. And, like, he hangs up without telling her where, which is good. I've noticed they do that in this show a lot. They're, they're just, oh, or if not, come help me. They just know, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, and it's just, you know, where are you? What the fuck? Are you at the market? What is happening? That scene where, like, Kiba was driving with the belt in the passenger seat looking around for them was very funny <laughs> earlier. Um, yeah. But Takumi's dreaming of Mari, and then she's there. And then, um... That's when they realize, oh, Sawada is going to like face Lucky Clover in his place, and like is there, right? Um, and they're like bored and surprised, and like, um, is that when Psycho calls him? Yeah, yeah, because that's what kind of confirms it for him. Because she's the one that's like, oh, what do you mean by sending this dude in your place? And he's like, wait, what? So that's what kind of like pulls it all together for him. That <clears throat> excuse me, that that's what Sawada's done at this point. And while she's saying that, we see Sawada in the background just, like, posing, like, yeah, want to go? Just, like, strutting. It's, it's very funny. He's, like, he's doing the Sawada version of, like, voguing at this point. Yeah. And, like, um, as is happening, like, Mari's, like, saying, like, don't have faith in yourself. Have faith in me. And I, like, have faith in you. And you can do this. Like, you're human. And then we see that Sawada, um, no, um, first, that's when Takumi leaves and he sees that Kusika is there like look at like so like he stands up and like has the cross behind him and and like golden light and the like, Kusika's like looking down from darkness at him like a fucking creep like he always is yeah creepy Kusika at some point Mikara, Mihara calls him and says I'll fight his delta for real and then um <laughs> that scene though Asawada's like Am I not enough for you? And like, Kizaki's like, not really, but I'm in a bad mood. And they just beat the shit out of him three on one. He had it coming. And he gets knocked back. And then Kusika shows up. Into the river again. He's still standing, though. He didn't get like knocked all the way yet. Still in the river. Kusika pulls up and is like, I can't forgive you. And fights him after he's already been like beaten down. Kusika's such a bitch. He like Ryder kicks him, but he like blocks his like glaive and he's not totally dead. But then as they're fighting, Lucky Clover got close enough to beat up Kusika. Um and then Mahara. <laughs> but who wants to take Sawada's uh, scene here? So Sawada I mean he gets beat up, he runs away. Um Mihara shows up and Sawada just kind of like ends up dying in the in the river. <laughs> and he kind of, you know, goes like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Mari, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't able to live as a human or an orphanog. She's like, oh, no, you're you're human. He's like, I'm really not because I murdered people. Here's some origami. Bye. <laughs> and then he just dies. Yeah. And like Takumi and Mari are both very moved by his death and his appeal to humanity. His his death. Yeah. It, Takumi is pissed. Like, you can watch the emotions play across his face until he gets to, like, fucking infuriated by this waste. One kind of funny shot is that they show Sawada's hat is on fire, though, of, like, the, like, clear CG, like, it's starting <laughs> midway up at a line. Yeah. Um, and then the episode ends on a very iconic moment. I think I'm right advised, though. Um, it's so amazing. Like, I, I would love to just watch that scene over and over again. It was so good. I explained the, um... Dean stuff. Oh man. Okay. So, uh, Takumi like runs, like 
because once again, he's pissed. Um, he grabs the belt and he like runs up to where the other two have been knocked out of their forms and they've got the belts near him. And uh, he's leaping over like a road railing. Yeah, like he does this almost like Iron Man land. It's like dope as fuck. Everything's in slow motion. And then he runs up and he uh, kneels next to Costco and he's like, I'm going to fight as a human, as Fies. And like he transforms right then and there. So that like inspires the other two. So they get up and they put on their belts and they transform. And then you just like see all of them go into their forms at the same time. And they're like doing their superhero poses. It's one of the coolest moments ever seen. It's the first time they're all together all at once and they all transform together and they're ready to fight. Yeah, they're in. Oh, I hated, hated not getting to see how that battle played out. I was just so like I was on the edge of my seat. I was ready to see it. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was fucking annoyed. I was like, oh man, you're gonna really end the our our five set of episodes on that fucking <laughs> ending. Can't believe you. I know. I was like the battle I've been waiting for this whole time. Ah, and they all look so good. Like. It was so dope. I, that was such a great scene. <laughs> and Mahara is like, I suddenly feel much cooler than I did a little while ago. Not sure why. <laughs> I'm sure all three of them did. Like they all went up in cool points. They were all just like, well, hell yeah, I'm feeling myself now. And that's the end of this chunk of Comrade Fies. Ten episodes left, everybody. <sighs> Quick vibe check on the show and on this chunk. Good, bad, awesome. Okay, right. that's so good. So good, yeah. I'm and once again so excited to see how this battle plays out. What do you think, David? Uh, I I, I like this set. I'm just like I'm I'm kind of like chomping at the bit, wanting to see what happens because like I right. I didn't realize because like uh, I haven't been playing it from Plex. I've just been downloading it um from like the direct like fan server place, and um I didn't realize we, how close we were to the end until I looked. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, we're not that far away. Like, we're within 10 episodes, right? Like, it's... Yeah. It's like 10 or 13 yeah. episodes. Not even not even that many, I don't think. There's 50 total. 50 total. So, yeah, we're at 10 right there, from yeah. now. Then there's, like, the movie. Yeah. And then if we choose to, like, do the post-series like, weird multiverse stuff, we have maybe, like three more episodes that we could do mm-hmm. that's really it yeah uh yeah um i really think that like this is like the balance for a show like i like when there's not too many writers not too many forms stuff matters yeah yeah and even like you could have like a dud or two but the whole show will have a good vibe to it uh just this show commits to characters and like everything everything this show made up for the show is real to them like, they care about mm-hmm. everything going on, which, like, does not always happen in, like, some shows. You're like, oh, yeah, we gotta get ten more stamps, everybody, yeah. to unlock God. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, are you making a reference to Shogeki Goraigon? <laughs> so many shows it could be. Uh, but, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Converter Build was a show that I was famously on the other podcast uh, not a huge fan of, but it reached a point where they were like, okay, we have 60 of these items, but the last nine are lost versions that have to be made through this 
like making somebody that's already been a monster become a monster again but lose their humanity is like man i do not care yeah mm. that sounds overplayed as hell but no um that being said though uh next time episodes 41 through 45 i'm thinking and i might vaguely know a plot point or two that happens okay uh that's all i could say but uh for now everybody who are our top three characters from this Sean Carmarta Fies? Mm. Mm. A little hard. Yeah, this one's hard because I, I feel like a lot of them are on pretty similar levels. Um, I'm going to say, do you mind if I go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. No, please do. Um, I'm going to see, say, hmm, I'm going to say number three is Marty. I feel like she goes through a lot in these episodes. Number two is Kasuka, where you just finally see him go like nuts. Like you just see his whole, his, all his lies and his manipulating and stuff kind of catch up to him in a way that's a little bit satisfying. And then I have to give it to Takumi. Takumi has like so much like character development and just like an interesting plot line and coming to terms with the fact that he's like a fucking monster man. It's great. Yeah. What are yours, Steph? Um, it's so tough during this set, too. Um, I'm going to go with number three, Psycho. Um, I liked getting to see a little bit more from her, even if she is kind of just creepy all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that she's shining a little bit. Um, number two, I can't remember his name, but the uh, orphan kid that Kitaro keeps trying to connect Tell. with, but then getting bullied by, I guess. <laughs> Just because the show does, like, especially as we're, like, nearing toward the end, it does start to get some, like, really heavy moments. And that whole storyline is just such a great, like, break from all of it. And because it happens so frequently, it's nice to see. Um, And then uh, number one, I'm going to have to go with uh, Takumi also, just because I, I agree with David. Like, he gets such a great arc during just this small set of episodes and you really see him start to kind of figure out who he is and it's been great to see yeah um it's hard because like i think if i have i have your three characters david of like takumi kuzuka and mari i'm not sure if mari goes first or but um maybe kusaka at three i really like him here just Perfect example of writing an unlikable character. Sometimes stories forget that you can have characters that aren't good people that you support 100%. Right. Right. Uh, He's definitely not a good people you support 100%. No. (laughs) Uh, And people love him. He's one of the most popular characters in Kamen Rider, period. Because they're like, what a fucking... Love to hate him. But uh, number two is Mari. She is 16. (laughs) And she's doing a lot here. She's like dealing with a lot. Um, There's just like this meta level, I think, too, of just like all of these issues are issues that are equally as important without all of the pomp and circumstance and hopefully death uh, that a lot of mm-hmm. teens go through. Uh, and just she kind of sells it in this way where she really is just like, wow, my whole life is this. Mm hmm. <laughs> And it sucks, but also I'm still here. Um, and number one is Sakubi. Like I said, he's my favorite comrade for a reason. I just love the way he's realized. Like 
just like such a strong they knew what they wanted this character to be and they yeah. spend a lot of time with him and like even when there's chunks of episodes where he's been like in the back burner he's still like pretty strong as like a way to anchor the show but this is definitely an arc for him to like go through a lot and then it's uh, mm-hmm. pretty well acted too yeah and of course favorite toku moments what we all think easy when all three of them have their belts on mm-hmm. that moment where all three of them are standing together because i feel like i've waited the entire series i've been waiting for all of these belts to come together and, and get to engage in battle whether it was together or against each other uh you know you had some moments where you weren't sure throughout the series but that was such a great payoff what was yours david um I'm going to say my favorite moment from this one is Kiba as Fies and Kaiza fighting at nighttime. When you see the, the nighttime glowing suits, I think they look awesome at nighttime. Yeah. And it's something you don't see in like other common writer shows, right? Like there's not, I don't think like any more, like there's not fighting in shows where it's like nighttime. Really? Like I'm not a lot. Like I from what I've seen, I wouldn't imagine it happens in Geats. I don't ever remember it happening in Den O. So it's just interesting. Uh, Den O had a couple, but it, it wasn't like this. Not not in the same way. Yeah, not in the same right. way, no. It was maybe like dark, but it wasn't like dead of night, nighttime, raining, no. fighting on like a concrete step. The sense of place in like Fies is like really unmatched. Like there's a couple like scenes in like other shows but this show is just like constantly has an interesting location for us Mm -hmm. they they nailed the scenes Mm -hmm. that's for sure those are both good options but um hmm, what's another good fight scene or like moment of practical effects um those two are good i like uh the moments of um when you see just the way they like show like kiba as fives and takami like like as like an Horfnock, like when they're fighting, there's this great kind of way they like are looking at each other and like like just the way their like posture is different that I really like. Like not as much of those two scenes which are like great, but this is just like a like a fun little bit of like, oh, you don't see that kind of care and like more subtle suit acting sometime, but it was like very on display there. Like it's not like always that obvious. Yeah. Um and of course, best outfits, everyone. Hmm. I don't think anyone wore an outfit that was like too radically different than what they wore. I think Steph has one. She already said it. Oh, okay. Oh, when he uh when he powers up, when he gets his final form. Ah, the the what is it? Yeah, the, I know it wasn't anybody. The blaster else's form. Favorite, but I, yeah, the blaster form. I enjoyed the hell out of that, man. I don't hate it. I like it just fine. It's okay. I know. No, I get it. Everybody else is mediocre on it, but I'm just like, that's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I thought that you were going to say the jogger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did appreciate his uh, his Rocky poncho and his whole vibe he had going there, but now I got to go with the, uh, the final suit, suit form over that. Tough call, though. Both very great outfits. <laughs> Can I can I retroactively change my answer? I there is a there is a fit I like, but I don't know if it counts as a fit because technically it's their body. But I like the design of that owl orphanock when like he moves and like feathers come out oh, of yeah. him. Like I think that's kind of neat because other orphanocks like haven't had anything like that. 
Mm. Yeah, and probably my second favorite effect, if I had to pick one, would definitely be Kiba knocking his ass out of the ground. <laughs> that would be my second place. I definitely think that um, there is just like their designs for the Orphanock have gotten a little like more risky and like cool here where they're like trying mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. I like it. I'm I am a sucker for any design with pauldrons with dangly bits. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm. Anything good. Um, I do like all of the looks that like Takumi has where he's like sad and homeless and like living under like a tree in the woods like wanting to die um <laughs> i like i like disheveled takumi yeah <laughs> that's lightning risk takumi if he was a funko pop he would get disheveled in winter <laughs> clothes, probably is there is is there any common writer funko pops i bet there is i don't probably you could probably design one i'm sure people have People have bathed them, but Nedroids yeah. probably. Oh, there's a hundred percent Nendroid. I'm seeing fan made Funko Pop. Yeah, there's fan made ones, but nothing. Uh... The closest I'm seeing is this, which isn't close at all. But I wouldn't want a Funko Pop anyway because those things are fucking hideous. But oh yeah, <laughs> Moomin Rider oh. from One Punch Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's got Rider in the name, right? Yeah, he's. <laughs> His outfit is the Kamen Rider 1 right there, because, you know. There was a recent release of, like, a really high-detail uh, one that's, like, pretty cool. It's the the figureized ones. Those ones are always pretty... Pfizer? Um, they did figureized ones, I think, for all the Shin Kamen Rider ones. Okay. I've got the figureized for Fize, actually. Like, I built that. I didn't know that was, like, a like build when I got it, but it looks nice. Um... Did you get the model kit or because there's like the figure eyes ones are the figure eyes ones are like already pre-assembled. No, I think I thought I was getting pre-assembled, but I got got I had to build, which is nice, but also doesn't look as good because I'm not that good at like non Gundam looks because I'll link you. I mean, it's going to be on Amazon Japan, but here's here's what the figure eyes standard Fies looks like. Let me see. Yes. You know, it's it's you know, it's weird, right? Like going into the series, I was very like, I don't know if I like the Fi suit that much. Like it's like kind of goofy looking and whatever. But like now that I've seen it, the more and more I see it, I'm like, you know what? It's pretty fucking cool. It's very simple. It's a little bit bulky in the top. It's just cool looking. It actually also now that I'm looking because they're on the same page, it has a really really similar shape to Kabuto from later yeah no definitely like extremely similar now that I'm looking at it it's kind of weird actually I couldn't find action shots but you look for the pictures here um so super imaginative Chogokin is like the series of like having artists redesign oh yeah, yes yeah 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 and the Fies one came with like Fies or the wolf orphanock who can change which one it is the 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 idea for the blaster is kind of cool where the phone flips up and then he like puts the thing that he puts on his leg as like the scope of the gun that's neat oh yeah i think that was like an unused thing they did that like but still it looks cool that's that's cool actually i think if you like search like Fies phone it comes up as like 
a magazine had it or something. I think we should. I think we should round out the podcast before we just go down a. a yeah, we should definitely do an Amazon search of like, hey, check out this cool thing. <laughs> I was about to say because just off the links that David sent, I've already found like eight things that I'm going to try and find on American Amazon. So yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll give you a website if you want to if you want to buy common writer stuff, you can get it for cheap and sent to America. Oh, dope! Yeah, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> okay, sorry. I have found the holy grail of coolness really quick. Um, nice. I think this looks incredible. I could see why they didn't want to use it. It sounds like it would not make sense to do. Oh, that looks cool as shit, though. No, I'm with you. I like how it looks, but yeah, I could see where they'd be like, oh, that's a little impractical for the scenes we're trying to see. Yeah, yeah, to take your phone out, make it a gun, which has happened like two times in the show, and also add your scope rider kick flashlight to right, it right yeah that's a lot of like clunky steps if there's like a monster that's barreling at you right at the moment i mean it's literally just like a oh what is that uh it looks like a walter ppk i think whatever the gun megatron is based off of mm. oh megatron gun yes i love that commercial of like the child who's like scared and then like his robot turns into a gun <laughs> yeah the walter p38 okay. it looks like that that's a cool gun uh well not a bad thing to say but you know you are right though we should end this podcast because mm-hmm. we are just about at the end we've said all our things we are going off the reservation oh, to all of our adhd has uh started on a rabbit trail that we're not going to be able to escape from so i apologize that's what happens no, when you no link one amazon link <laughs> It all just goes to hell. Well, here, here at Come and Ride with Me, we have the Riz to go off the Rizales, and here we also have the Bears bottom full up plug. And Steph, when you're plugging yourself, where are you? Um, when I'm plugging myself, I'm usually doing it www.arcademilitia.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at nobody much. You can find me. On threads at the same, I believe. Aside from that, I don't use a whole hell of a lot of social media, but, you know, if you want to reach out to me on Discord, that's fine, too. And David, where can we find you in your plug-in, Noi? You can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast, wherever good podcasts are made, or my personal Instagram, at Cyril. All right. And if you want to see me plug-in myself, well... I'll just say this. When it comes out, it's warm like a car lighter. Um, Anyway. I don't know what that means, but I said it. (laughs) And we stand by it 100%. Anyway, um, you can find me on co-host at James D on Twitter at James Ford. You can find the podcast co-host at Common Ride and at Common Ride with me on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called. Who knows? You can go to comrade.com uh, for episodes and articles. There is links out to different uh, platforms. If you go to comrade.com slash episodes, links out to the merch. You go to comrade.com slash merch. If you go uh, sending questions to podcast.comrade.com, especially if you want us to kind of talk about what we think we might do next or just questions, uh, we're coming to the end of this couple episodes. Probably going to just do question episodes and uh, oh, just uh, make some, some choices on what to do next. Um, but for now, everybody, um, what did we learn today? Stay away from rivers. Uh, nothing good happens. It's true. That's yeah. 
I learned that I would definitely be an orphanoc. One hundred percent, yeah. Especially if Psycho. Yeah, is oh yeah. <laughs> it's game over at that point. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've learned that not everybody knows not to stick their dick or whatever and crazy. It's true. And I'll be honest. If you're gonna do it, do it. Listen. <laughs> first listen. things first. You've seen every orphanoc. <laughs> None of them have a dick. It's true. That we know of. I- I'm just saying, but no. Oh yeah, when we get to the sea cucumber penis orphanoc, I'll I'll be proven wrong. <laughs> we already had the sea cucumber. Oh okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, no. Um. So yeah, that's our advice. Make mistakes. And just try to stay alive, I guess. <laughs>